Sturgeon and Death Metal Dave. What are you doing wrong? I put you in my t-shirts all the time instead. <laughs> or me. This was our newest one. Yeah, I mean, all he does is just like he just takes advantage. He puts girls like that he knows and shit. In yeah. Videos, and people click on it, and then all these dudes we joke about even more around him. We joke around it because these dudes like worship him. Like, oh my god, you must get so much pussy. Like, he's not fucking any of these girls. Like, he's not. They're just friends. He's just taking advantage of people, you know. Like, oh, yeah. You're stupid. I'm putting these girls in it. But he's made a li- like he lives off this shit. Wow. When Vine crashed, he was depressed as fuck. Because he made when Flappy Bird. Remember that stupid fucking Flappy Bird game came out? Yeah. They they paid him ten grand to do a six second ad on Vine for them. What? Ten thousand dollars to talk mention Flappy Bird. Oh, because of all his followers. Because all his He had it made. Like, when then Vine got shut down, he had to kind of... Was, was he like, look at these big titty golf girls. You, golf girls, you know what I want to see? Some flappy birds. Yeah, it's just... It was something That's like all it takes. Just like flying in between their titties. Yeah. Man. Oh, I'm going to... Okay. The countdown has begun. <laughs> are, we, are we starting? Are we starting? I guess we're Gore Club Podcast, everybody. I'm oh, Steve Vessel. Yeah, cool. Death Metal Dave. I'm Derek. Are you drinking fucking Kool-Aid? No. Jim Jones? We can't say what the word is, I guess, but yes. it's 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 power juice. Are you drinking power? We could say the word. Or <laughs> we say the name of movies and directors? And I don't know. Never know. Jim Probably. Jones juice? Possibly. It's Jim Jones juice. That's what exactly what it oh, is. Oh, so it's a uh, Flavor-Aid. Yeah. I'll see you guys on the other that's side. The, that's the yeah. technical. Well, that's an easy segue, because today we're talking about cult movies. Cult movies! Oh, we, no, no, are we? No, no, we're not. Now, fuck. Actually, we're talking about amazing horror films. Of 1981. From the year of 1981. There were probably a lot of cults in 1981. Oh, there's there's some good ones. Oh, that's some cultish times. And serial killers are just kind of, they haven't quite reached their peak. They're kind of there. But, you know, 81's fun. Speaking of serial killers, we're going to go through some, like, sweet little little tidbits that happened in 1981. (laughs) And since you brought up serial killers, we're going to talk about Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh's dad created... America's must, what is it, must be destroyed. <laughs> the Gore album. No, no, America's most wanted. Right, and the reason he did that is because his son disappeared. From Sears. Right, in 1981, and then they found his fucking head. In a pond. In, like, a, like a little tributary, like, what? Yeah, yeah, off the side of it, and it was supposed to be connected to Otis, Otis Tool or whatever, how you want to pronounce it. Well, name. he said he did it. Yeah, he said he killed everybody, but yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Sometimes you just take credit, though. You gotta take credit. Yeah, you gotta... Yeah, you got to really take credit for gotta, things. Got to yeah. swing that dick around. But Dave, do you have any? Uh, you have any uh, other <laughs> notes about 1981? I got a yeah. bunch, but I'll let I you mean, spew. MTV was in, was created in 1981, eh, which eh, eh. has some sort of effect on movies now. I was so, there. I remember my sister and I did the whole countdown, and it was like, "What am I staying up for? I'm fucking like seven. Let's do this. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching." And then it was MTV. <clears throat> Yeah, so MTV, uh, John Lennon was shot dead, which <laughs> actually affected some of the movies that were released this year. Oh, yeah. Who else was shot? Fucking Ronald Reagan was shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inaugurated and then shot like three months later. That was uh, pretty cool. How are you doing? First 100 days. <laughs> bam! Uh, the CDC reported the first pneumonia among gay men, which ended up being oh, AIDS. AIDS. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, super flu, super pneumonia. It was like, oh, yeah, that happened in 81. And you had me. I was, I was, I was digging it when you said Reagan got shot, but now you brought us down. Sorry, man. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, uh, you brought up, uh, what was his name? Uh, I got some notes here. Mark David Chapman. Yeah, he got sentenced also for shooting John Lane. I, thought, I think he shot him at the end of 80, and then they sentenced, and sentenced him in 81, but whatever. Uh, Ric Flair for oh, the heavyweight yeah, he championship did. of Woo. the world. 
old. Those two went at it for years. But Ric Flair, that's probably what, like his third of like 16 fucking championships. That was that his, they I said it was his first, right? Was that his first? Well, maybe yeah. the first yeah. one being Dusty. <laughs> I mean, that dude's got so many championships, they don't even count. They call him like the 16 time world champion, but uh, he's had a, a different belts 40 different times and different wives. Well, I'll do a woo for Rick, baby. Woo for Rick. Uh, Metallica forms in LA in 1981. Uh, they caught the Yorkshire Ripper in uh, in England, oh. and uh, and uh, I don't know. That's about it for like. Let's just let's recap it right there and let's go into these fucking movies, man. Because you know ones. what? There's a lot of them. <clears throat> there are, and there's there's more there's, there's more good ones and bad ones. I would there, say. Okay, there's so many. We're doing this as a two parter, everybody. So if you're listening and watching us on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe, and then we're gonna do this in two segments. So. We're going to try to do these in order from you know <laughs> from January to July, and then we'll do episode two starting in August. But fuck, man, I forget how I counted how many horror films were actually Fine. theatrical release. These are not like direct to video ones. Like this is the this is this is the golden year for horror. I, I, everyone follows Horror Hound, and they have like the Blu-ray releases. Like holy shit! Like this is all theatrical an releases. Insane amount of school movies. Dudes getting uh, dances and shit and wolf movies. Yes, yeah. horror. Well, the, yeah. the holiday movies are, are there too. Yeah. This year. Well, yeah, they kind of fall in with the actual school movies too. Because yeah. yeah. everyone always has to have like a prom. <clears throat> Every movie I watch, I was like, holy fuck, they're at prom again. Oh, they're at a dance. It's a party. Somebody's mad again. Yeah. You know, before the next episode, I'm going to make sure I get a, a kill count for this for this year. Oh my god, man! Yeah. <laughs> Lots of kids died, just like Adam Walsh. <laughs> Lots of fucking kid teenagers died. Lots of kids. Oh, yeah, that definitely the tropes were created. The final girl was definitely set in play. This is the year of the slasher, especially for the big screen. Lots of bad cops. God, yeah. <laughs> Lots of terrible, terrible bad, fucking cops. Bad detectives. Is that what you're talking about, or yeah. just bad cops? Bad cops and detectives. Spirits. Okay, yeah, yeah. How many times are there cops in these movies that are like? We don't believe you. I know, Everybody's right? Just fucking dead. Oh god damn it! So where do you want to start? Let's start with scanners. When, when was scanners released? Probably like January first. January first. January first. Yeah, I got to blow up some fucking heads on the whiteboard of doom. Scanners. Sc- scanners is one of those movies that even if you haven't seen it, you've seen the gif of the dude's head exploding at the right. beginning of the movie. Yeah. The uh, was it the well, ten seconds a bit into the movie? But yeah. Yeah. The whole the it whole starts off with that. The weird, like, bad, like, scene where he's just staring at that bitch in the food court, <laughs> which feels like, like, which it, watching it in 2021, like, it feels like an SNL skit because he's just staring at it. It does. Like, mm. It's like Sandberg, just like, yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like him. And there's been, there's so many jokes about, like, scanning people and stuff, which, you know, yeah. this is so good that uh, Full Moon made transfers. <laughs> yeah, just move some letters around. But we're not going to talk about. It. We'll talk about well, okay, this scanners. movie. The, 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 the thing about this film that I remember as a kid, I didn't get to see it for like years later. But no one seems to remember the actual fucking characters. They always remember Michael Ironside's character, and he's the villain. He's a badass. You know what's a fun fact about Michael Ironside in Hit this me. movie? He's thirty. In this movie, how the fuck is he, he still look? How does he look fifty-five years old? It's like and him and Reggie Bannister, man. Dude, I had to look that up because I was like, man, Ironside couldn't have been that old at this point. And I googled, was like, he's fucking thirty, but he's he very young, so old. No, no, I mean, thirty is old for nineteen eighty-one. He's a rough thirty. I mean, he's a rough. Yeah, people worked hard. Hard, you know, unlike today. 
Yeah. I'm totally kidding. And everyone, I don't know if that drug dog, you guys would know because you were alive at this time. Was that drug, <laughs> was that fucking drug dog around back at this time? The little, the, the brown dog that wore the jacket? Oh, the gr- gruff, that was it. Was, was, it, a, was it the crime dog? Yeah. yeah. Gr- crime gruff, dog. gruff and McGruff or something? I can't remember. I don't that guy ended up being a everyone fucking piece is, of shit. Everyone in this movie's dressed like that. <laughs> they all wear trench coats. <laughs> it's great. So you say he uh, aged like Tim Thomerson. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> See, Tim, Tim Thomerson was probably 25. <laughs> I can't remember. But nobody remembers like Cameron Vale and uh, and Jennifer O'Neill like these were like good actors and they, they Jennifer Neal was like she had they we were more concerned with her fucking personal life than the were in the movie and she's fantastic in the movie yeah. Dick Smith effects mm-hmm. that no. head explosion see it's a cool movie well I tried to I tried the to ending find scene yeah I tried to find like a fact about each movie that I watched and Hit some me. some I found about apparently this was inspired from the novel of Naked Lunch. Because in, oh. the, in the novel, they mention, uh, they call them cinders. They're an, a terrorist organization that uses telepathy. Okay. So it was, it's a nice connection. Because it's a connection. Cronenberg, Naked Cronenberg Lunch. Cronenberg, Naked Lunch later. Fucking so. A. Let's all get high and make movies. I just yeah. got excited because there's, like there's a poster for a band called Hermit, Herman Brood and His Wild Romance, a band I've never heard of in my fucking life. Yeah. Like they're a real thing, and that's the weirdest fucking. Oh, thing I thought it was like a little sneak towards just, the brood. <laughs> no, I thought they just made it up too, because there's like a. It's a scene when they're at the record store and they go to like the back alley, and there's just this big ass poster. It's like Herman Brood and his wild romance, and I'm like, what was his wild romance? And I looked it up, and this was a thing that existed for years. They Did you listen together? No, I was gonna listen to oh, the review man. on this show, but I think I just got drunk instead. <laughs> Probably a better idea. Yeah. That's pretty much like all my notes are so vague. I watched Scanners start like the beginning of this. I just said Michael Ironside thirty going on fifty. There's a <laughs> weird, weird, weird Hellraiser art show. Right? There's a record store, awkward shotgun guy, and a fucking uh, the uh, the uh, crying crashes through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing about this movie that most people remember most is the head explosion scene. And well, yeah, it's iconic. There, everyone, if you don't know the story, it's because at the beginning of the, of the film, it's Michael Ironside. You don't even know who the hell he is, but he is going against another scanner, and it's supposed to be just a normal guy. Well, the trick is he's like the fucking scanner, yeah. and he just blow, he's like reverses fucking blows this dude's head up. And how they did the effect was they were having problems with all these trying to get it done. So the uh, the technician at the time just said, you know what, clear the set, I got a shotgun, I don't know where you got it, and just blew the fucking prop to pieces. And in yeah. that prop, there was like, they found whatever they could to put in there, including fucking hamburgers. Oh, that's, that's a thing. Yeah, they're probably left from crap. Yeah, services. I was going to say. <laughs> hey, Whoppers. Hey, don't cook those. We need those for they, later. That scene should have been saved probably for later in the movie, though, because it gives you some crazy expectations of what's going to happen. And yeah. there's so many, like, letdowns, like the crying cops. Like, there's all those fucking cops in the building that are, like, you know, shitty cops. And instead of, like, killing them, it's like, eh, now you're crying and you're sad. And, you're <laughs> and then, like, the movie, the climax to the movie is literally a staring contest. That's all it is. Well, I mean, they moved it up. That was an intentional thing, to move that up to the beginning of the movie. It, 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 you know, they could have put it back there, yeah. but they wanted it in the beginning of the movie. It's kind I, of the beginning of, like, the whole, let's let's grab him at the beginning, and then you're supposed to grab him again at the end. Yeah. Well, the ending the, just didn't match that fucking beginning. And another thing about that scene, like, Michael Ironside's like, oh, no, look at his head exploded, and he just gets up like, do-do-do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that motherfucker's guilty. Time for some coffee. Yeah. If somebody's somebody head explodes a- next to you, and you're just like, huh, look at that. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> smells like hamburgers. I'm yeah. gonna get some lunch. It doesn't. Isn't the whole ending is like his? He just takes over Michael Ironside's body somehow. Yeah, they have a. Yeah, it's his, it's his brother. It yeah. If you don't know, we don't give a fuck yeah. about spoiling anything. It was his, in this it's his brother. Podcast. The other guy is uh, what was his Cameron? Cameron Vale. So Cameron Vale. Ima- imagine is a looking like that dude, but you, you're considered winning because now you look like Michael Ironside. Right. You went from looking like you know yeah, kind of attractive loss. guy to looking like my, uh, Michael loss, Ironside. Dude. I know. That's a loss. I mean, career wise, not a loss. But he has his voice and his eyes at least. You know, his little sexy blue eyes. No, yeah, it was, it was a cool scene because you could see like the uh, the veins and everything popping up, and he's just, oh yeah, his eyes go white, and it's the the scene that's on the on the if you get the DVD or the VHS, that scene is always on the on yeah. really weird. It's like cool. There's the end of the movie. Twenty seconds, you explode. Yeah, because there's not really outside of that head explosion scene. There's nothing else you could really show that's that cool from the movie. Right, right. Well, you gotta. It's still. I mean, I sound like shitting on it. It's a good movie. Not the sequels are fucking awful, but that's a good movie. It's just there's not a lot that happens. It's a more of a detective movie. And, with some sci-fi elements. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it was Cronenberg wrote, directed it. Yeah. I mean, this is also one of the last movies he did with the money that he could get from the country of Canada, uh, which is from, they tried to kind of hide that was a Canadian production, but because America, that was like, cause this is actually his first big film release outside of Canada. I mean, they, they you could find other ones, but this was the one that kind of set the standard for what he, he was going to be known for. Set the standard he, for every dorky fuck I know going, <laughs> oh, do you like Cronenberg? Do you have the Criterion Collection of the Cronenberg movie? Yes, I do. So surprisingly, this isn't the only movie here. that was filmed that year that was filmed in Canada, but we'll get to that one. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Well, next would be Fear No Evil, yeah. which I am not, I, I did not watch this one. I don't know much about this one. Steve. All right, so Fear No Evil is kind of like, it's a, it's a, what was it, Frank it. Loggia. I can, I always get his name mixed up with Frank Loggia. The Loggia. There's a difference? They're not the same person? No. Frank Loggia's a badass. This guy's just directs good movies sometimes, sometimes. This is the one that I actually did not get a chance to watch. I put it on my list. I wanted to go back and revisit it. Uh, mainly because when I saw it, it was all about the. It was the, they always talk about the box. That box was like something was really. It's another school fucking movie. Yeah, I googled it. Holy shit! I didn't even watch this one either. But I look at the. It's like the devil, baby. Alexandria High, class of '81. All the students are going to hell except Andrew. He sent them there. Oh, well, Andrew. <laughs> hey, what the fuck, Andrew? You piece of shit. Everybody I know named Andrew's yeah, a dick. So fuck that, Andrew. that's part of the course. Yeah, because later on, Andrew's a piece of shit in Hell Night. <laughs> yeah. 81, not a good year for Andrew's. And I know a lot of Andrew's in their fucking 30s and 40s, so their mom saw this shit <laughs> and was like, I'm going to have a piece of shit kid, Andrew. We're going to name, I'm going by Drew now, okay, goddammit? Yeah, that's why I know so many Drews, too. Well, let's jump to uh, fucking Blood Beach, Dave. This oh. is one of your favorite movies, isn't it? No, I know it's not. It's not. It's a joke. I'm t- anybody's ever seen one of our uh, our public domain theater episodes. Dave and I did this live streaming one night, and holy fuck! The only thing that's great about it is it's John Saxon movie. So Blood Beach is public, public Blood domain. Beach. Yeah. yeah, it is. It that's is, fun. or it was. It's never been released on Blu-ray or DVD. I think it was the, released on VHS and. Maybe once on DVD, but I don't even think then. I think maybe it was like in Germany. So, There's a German version on DVD. The tagline, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get to it. You can't get to it. I don't know, like, Jaws' tagline it's, and just add it to it. Yeah, it's, like, it's, the, it's like the yeah. Ranker, not the Ranker monster, the Sarlacc pit monster yeah, in the, yeah. under the water. Under You're the, worried under the about sand. me saying fucking Gatorade on this show, but they can do that shit <laughs> on the front of a fucking movie? There were no Graboids in this movie. Uh, uh, let's see, that was released in January 23rd, and we got January 23rd again, Burial Ground. 
I never saw that movie. I don't know what the fuck Burial I've Ground is. I've never seen that one either. Well, if so. you have, here's the opportunity, guys. If you're watching us on YouTube, give us t- tell us what your favorite 81 movie is. Get in the comments. Tell us, like, motherfuckers, you didn't talk about this, or this is my favorite director. Do that shit for us. Uh, we're going to skip to fucking February. Yeah, we're going to skip a lot. Like, there's going to be movies we skip on this. And it's just have like any time you watch like have any of these like skip. documentaries and shit when they go year by year. They're not like us, though, where we're going to mention the movie and just say, hey, we don't know fuck all about that. They're going to act like they know everything about everything. Right. And they'll just ignore all this other shit. We'll mention it, but we'll tell you if we've fucking seen it or not. The next is the other movie that was filmed in Canada, My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine. If you listen to our episode for, we did 1980, right? Yeah, we did. And I, so you will hear me fuck up and start talking about my three straight minutes before they go, Derek, that came out in 81. <laughs> so I thought it was, was great. That was a great thing. Yeah, well, I remember because you were upset. You were like, because it didn't come out in 1982. Yeah, so if you want to hear what I think about that fucking movie, go back and listen to that because I feel like a piece of well, shit. Well, this is, this is the movie that was affected by uh, John Lennon dying. Um, the MPAA oh, really? cut out five minutes of the movie God, because there was so much backlash from there was so much backlash from violence in TV and violence in movies that they thought it was too too much. So they had to cut it out. They thought That's the violence crazy. in My Bloody Valentine was too much yeah. because John Lennon got shot. Yeah, it was it was too much. The the public was outraged and they didn't want to see violence. Yeah. But well, this was the beginning of censorship hardcore in the in the eighties. We're gonna see a lot of these films they're like banned in 37 countries. Even the ones are lying. They're kind of lying. I hope somebody watched Scanners and was like, you know what? Lennon's head would look good like that. <laughs> oh, shit. If you don't remember, Derek hates John Lennon. But, uh, yeah, fuck it. Sorry, yeah. Beatles fans. He's not, he's not into women beaters. I'm not into it. I think he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Also, my fun fact for this one is they had to use special lighting in the mines because it could have blown up. Oh, yeah, the, the methane or whatever yeah. that's down there. Yeah. yeah. They cleaned up the mines so well they had to re-dirty them up or light them. To, yeah, they went down there. Somebody went down there and cleaned up the mines. I don't know how you can clean up fucking rocks, but they room. did. And they had to go back there and, and and add more shit and grind to make it look more like it's been used. It's like, well, I mean, it had been used. Now, what did you do, sweep? I mean, come on, guys. This got a wide release, right? Yes, it oh, did. Yeah. It was. It, and, did uh, it do it, well? It did okay. It made like $5 million off a $2 menu. $2.3 million, <laughs> and it made $5.7 million. Okay, I knew it was something like that. Did yeah. you take your girlfriend to see it? No, well, I didn't see this until probably did the 90s. Did you take your girlfriend to see it? I was one years old. Oh, that wasn't. Oh, okay. no, no. Oh, my so you were, so were a little virgin. My parents probably went to the drive-in and saw it. They did it a lot, yes. and they were like, well, you got to stay home with your sister, and I'm like, fuck. Oh Fuck. man! But this is one of those movies that a lot of people did not get to see the uncut version until like what was it? Uh, Anchor Bay put out a, a version yeah. of it. So you're but, close to the age of going to the movies to see horror films. I was not allowed to go to. See, I was I was allowed to see these movies at home. Yeah. I was not allowed to go out because some places were actually enforcing the you know this oh, kid. Right we're not going to let you in with your, with your kid. I was like, hey, I'm the, he's a guardian. Yeah. They didn't care. I know. I try to do that all the time when I'm buying cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> try to take your child along. Uh, oh God. I'm just kidding. I don't buy cocaine. Uh, the the thing I'm too poor. You leave your we, child at home. We did uh, touch on this <laughs> film a couple poor. of times in this podcast, and one of the things I can't remember if I brought it up or not was the scene that is mirrored in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's what? the Large Marge scene. It's the same actor who does yeah. the scene. From Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the Tim Burton guy, it's the same yeah. kind of lighting. It's this, He's in a bar. He's like, on this night, you know. Yeah. It's exactly, and he's telling the story of Harry Warden. That's the, that was fucking awesome. That was cool. And it wasn't until recently that they found out who, or the guy, they found out who they actually sang the, war, the, uh, the, the lyrics to the Ballad of Harry that Warden. Song, I've had that on like every Halloween mix forever, but it just right? says the Ballad of Harry Warden. It doesn't say anything else. Yeah, it tells you who did the score, and they don't. Tell you who like actually sang it's like oh it's Paul so Zaza it? wrote it but he didn't sing it so who sings it fuck if I remember <laughs> I listened to a podcast a couple of years no, you let us years all ago. in on that I, I know 
I know. It's like a letdown. I could dig. Dave, dig if you want That's to. That's a but, weird thing. And then you can bring it up later. Uh, but and let's go on to Porno Holocaust. Has anybody seen it? I no. did. Did you really? Oh, the joke! Was, I thought the joke was going to be like, no, because I can't Where fucking find no, it. No, I fucking found it. Holy fucking, shit! Okay, on everybody, on fucking like a shit on a shitty porn site. There are presents on this podcast. <laughs> Give so, it to me, Dave. On a shitty porn Give site. me my porno podcast. <laughs> what is this porn All right, site? So, so it's Joe <laughs> Diamato and uh, George Eastman. George Eastman wrote it. He's the guy that was, and he wrote absurd. He wrote Anthropothecus. How busy he was, is Joe Diamato, by the way, in the 80s? In this, mo- in this, in this year, he released all. two movies. Yeah. He released two movies. So I'm, I'm only assuming that those two hooked up after making Anthropothecus <laughs> the year before, which is also called Grim Reaper, right? right? Yeah. And they were like, hey, man, I got an idea for a porno. It's got zombies, and it's a porno. And that's pretty much the whole thing. Like it's fucking bad, and it's like seventies. It's like it's like shitty seventies porn where like you just got dudes like around a woman and she looks coked up. Oh yeah, and enjoying herself so much. Oh okay, yeah. Um, but like stag film. It's it's like I, I was just like, all right, let's fast forward the fucking. Let's get to the storyline and see if it's any good. You don't you don't know how to watch a porn on. Yeah, it's 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 an eighties porn. You, if you you've watched eighties porn, is I mean, it like you, a, you a, is it like Driller? <laughs> I'm in a couple. <laughs> it's it's bad it's the, the michael jackson thriller <laughs> porn i don't know i like flesh gordon and that's kind of you know, I, I like uncut version of caligula but like so where is it on the eventually on like also also it's an italian there were no subtitles i just had to just guess what was going on what's porn dick so uh it's dick. That he's no. watching porn trying to guess what's going on they're gonna fuck no no they fuck but there's yeah, also but a storyline there's a story like there will With be the Holocaust you're the part. only person in the history of the world who looked at this film and go what's the story i just <laughs> i just wanted to know because i was very curious I when i was Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the jokes. Eventually, you see like the head oh zombie who fucks people, and like it's got murder in it, and it's got like gory murder in well, it. Well, it's like, called porno holocaust. Yeah, so it's it's like watching a Joe Diamato movie, but there's actual penetration, but not with a knife. Um, <laughs> and it's weird because the people way we should probably fuck on this boat now, and, and they fuck on the boat. That's yeah, actually, great. That's happened in regular horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Severance does it when uh, Danny Dyer gets away with the two hookers on the boat. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. not, he's not lying. Maybe it's a tribute. Maybe it is a tribute. But that's that's all I have to say about it. It was it was not good. Well, it let's was... get to March then, because holy shit, that was amazing. <laughs> Porno Holocaust. Thank you, Dave. It's online. Check it out. Is, is it? I looked. I couldn't find the motherfucker. You got to Google it. Uh, oh well, no shit. <laughs> I just feel like it's going to give my computer a virus. Uh, let's see. March release. You know, there weren't a whole lot of releases in March. There's Madhouse, The Fun House, Omen 3, Eyes of a Stranger. Let's talk about The Fun House. So, okay, yeah. February 13th. February 13th. Toby Hooper. Toby so, Hooper. So they still, by Dean Koontz. still yeah. an audience from February 13th, you said? Yeah. Well, okay. March 13th, Steve. March 13th. Hey, I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, so forget you're still, you. I'm, you're I'm still the audience for My Bloody Valentine's Day at Fun House. <laughs> So Funhouse is one I've seen a bunch of times. I didn't go back and visit it in this case, but I do like the monster in this a lot. And this is Toby Hooper from Wayne Doba. Chainsaw Massacre making like a creepy Funhouse film. Yeah, uh, and it's not trying to be funny or zany in any type of way. I, to me, this was this there's was some a, uncomfortable scenes in this film. This made it weird for me because you know if you live in fucking Kentucky or you live anywhere, you have a state fair that has like a weird like carnival or Funhouse that you can walk through. I saw this when I was probably like 10 years old on VHS, and it freaked the fuck out of me like the next two years when we'd go through those fun houses. Because yeah. you'd ride that shitty, like, janky metal cart through there. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to fucking die. This is how I get murdered. Gunther. Gunther, right? Yeah, Gunther. Yeah. With his stringy, 
That's cool because he wears God, that. I like, can't remember his whole last. He name. wears that goofy Frankenstein mask for a while in the movie, so he's just kind of. Yeah, that's and, it. Tweebunt. And he's treated like Leatherface, right? It's very got like a Leatherface dynamic where he's considered like the the idiot of this group, but he murders right. people. So it's, and it's very much like Leatherface, so where the people it. remember him so much, but like yeah. it's an entire family. Yeah, and they're all fucked up. I love it because he wears that Frank. When the mask comes off, he's just terrifying. Right. Because you think they're compensating for something, right? He's wearing this mask. You know, like, <laughs> there's going to have this idiot in a Frankenstein mask. And then they pull it off and you're like, what, what the, the fuck? white hair. And those, yeah. Those, Rick Baker got, did that. He's got those newborn baby eyes. Right. You know, fucking, <laughs> Some fucking pug eyes. Buggy and black and shit. Like, hey, you look just like your dad. Like, you're fucking dead. It's oh, fun. my but, God. But, but uh, this is also another movie because Toby Hooper was offered uh, E.T. while he was making this. I read this. What? I, I read this How today. How did I skip that? And the, he's a, he Maybe was, I didn't want to think about he, that. He was offered E.T., but he was busy making this movie, so he just decided well, to do this. Wasn't E.T. originally supposed to be a bit scarier, though? Wasn't yes. Because I remember E.T. Uh, yeah. I remember seeing things of like what he was supposed to look like before, and he, that's not how E.T. turned out. Like The kids' movie that we see... Was apparently supposed to be a lot different. So. Okay, I would have loved to have seen the because it's a Halloween movie. ET yeah. is. I would love to see the horror version of that. It would have been cool if somebody just took the original idea and just made a movie yeah. with that creature. Because I know I've seen. I can't remember, but I know I've seen documentaries where they bring it up how ET looks or was supposed to look and how they were looking at these horror directors and Toby Hooper doing it. It's kind of fucking funny. To That's me. hilarious. Because who did ET Spielberg? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Spielberg. And did. so they, and they had that whole poltergeist dynamic right between the two. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Because you know Toby Hooper gets no credit for fucker guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean Spielberg helped a lot of people. He gave Joe Dante fucking Gremlins. I mean, uh, he he loves the genre and he looks and goes, I want to make that, but they, everybody yeah. knows me as the fun guy. I'm like, yeah. well, you made Jaws, whatever. Let's skip over that shit. Well, Jaws is a fun. The thing guy about movie, the Fun though. House that I really loved was Kevin Conway played like the three different characters, and unless you really pay attention, you just think it's the same guy. He's three different like brothers yeah. almost, yep. and they're all completely different. There's like a biker version, and there's like the he wanted to, he wanted to play guy. the Barkers, they're, right? They're, it's great, and that was that was and one of the things for him to do the movie. He said, "I want to play all three other Carnival Barkers." Right, and it's very subtle. But every one of them has their own character. They have their, they have different voices. So as a kid, I was like, "It's the same." How's he getting around so fast? But then, you know, oh, yeah. and then I realized it. I'm like, oh, I mean, that's, that's genius. Fair. That's any horror movie you ever watch is, how's he get around so fast? Yeah, it's like whenever he passed Party away, up. they got like, they yeah. ended up, uh, like Dennis Fimple ended up kind of doing those roles for like Rob Zombie. Like that kind of style, like that greasy older guy with the stringy hair. You know. I always wonder how a movie like that would hold up if I showed it to my son. Because I haven't, actually haven't showed the Funhouse to my kid, and but he doesn't go to fun houses like that shit's not a thing anymore for kids well maybe if you find one you should show them that before you take them yeah that's really depressing oh, yeah. carnivals oh, are so awesome and they're yeah. dangerous as fuck because nobody they're not i know le- and it's, it's a lot <laughs> there's no now. like you know regulations I, I just miss the ones that they used to open up in front of the mall and it's just everything was rusty and you could see like the heroin needle still popping out of the balloon guy's fucking yeah. arm and but now it's like all it's like one little ride. And yeah. It's all nice and neat and shit. Well, and a hot dog. Stand. They pop up in front of a Walmart parking lot now. Yeah, but um, it's like it's literally like one ride and a hot dog stand. It's not like they used to do. When right. If they did pop up, you still had like five fucking rides. And this is an entire city. Yeah. I remember in Southland Terrace, like in Chively in Louisville, they would take up that whole fucking parking lot with like right. the carnival yeah. and shit. But now it's like Jefferson Mall. Here's like a half-ass Ferris wheel and a. Funnel cake thing. Right. Well, <laughs> and the thing that this is in is, you know, it's called the Fun House, but back then they were just called dark, the Dark Ride. It's yeah. a dark ride. You went into it's a huge warehouse like size place. Everything's black, and then the lights would just come on when you're in your little cart, and you would just basically be in one room. But when lights would come on, you would see the set. They kind of did that in House of a Thousand Corpses with the murder ride. It's the exact same kind of idea. Well, they did Dark Ride with that eight films to die for. Oh, that's right. You're right. It had the, the fat kid from Sandlot who was now skinny, and his skin was all droopy. But, uh, <laughs> 
So it was pretty. That was actually out of those eight films to die for. That was probably one of my favorite ones because it reminded me of Funhouse. Except they went for the whole like that the, the scream mystery killer shit right. was still really popular at that time. So they went that route. But but that's a great movie. It no, scary. it's really cool. It's it's genuinely creepy when you're a kid, and if if, if you're an adult, you watch it in the fucking dark, and it's a little it's a little creepy. Not yeah, it's much kind it used of to be, but it's kind of the last Toby Hooper movie that's yeah. really kind of like disturbing and yeah. dark. Then you get Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, which I love, but it's yeah. not the same. It's I'm not even just, close. I'm a basic bitch. I love that Frankenstein mask. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it was great that thing. they Universal is the one that did that film, so they could get licensed. You could get through with it. Yeah. Hell yeah, they could. It's not often you can do that shit with Universal. See, even their fucking vendors will pieces of shit. <laughs> we know that personally, especially you. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Omen eyes, Three. Well, you had eyes of the, What was it? Oh no, Omen Three is next. Yeah. Omen Three Sam came Neal. out March twentieth. So I never, the final conflict. I didn't know Sam Neill was in this. Sam, yeah. Sam Neill. We had talked about it a few podcasts ago. That's just such barely. a weird thing to me because he's like, I put his age there too. He was thirty and eighty one. What the fuck is so a thirty like, year old? Club? He's, he's the, <laughs> but he's the opposite of Michael Ironside. Yeah, he looks really young. He looks so fucking young. Like even going into the nineties, it looks so young. And I'm like, he's the same age as. Imagine being Michael Ironside knowing Sam Neill's the same age as you. Fuck. Oh my god, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, same thing. He yeah, looked young, like, but what the fuck, dude? How you look that young forever? That's really the only note I got. Just talking about. Oh no, lots of baby murder. Yeah, yeah. Because th- 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 this please, mo- please elaborate. Yeah, th- well, this movie is about Damien is older, and yeah. Damien, uh, Damien gets a job. He's in, he's with the UN and the government, so you know politicians are the devil. So that makes sense. But the the uh, the. Uh, uh, the, Government. The, second, the, the second coming of Christ has happened. Oh, the Nazarene. So, so, so yeah, so it was like on March. It's sometime in March. Maybe it was on the day it was released. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but Shit, but so he's going around trying to just kill every baby born on that day. And he's getting pretty good at it because there's only one left. <laughs> the lady takes a hot iron to the baby in it. Remember the, she's yeah, like, yeah, this fucking baby. And the movie's actually really, really good. And Sam Neill does a good job. It's better than the Omen Two. It is way better than the Omen Two. Oh, man, um, I, like, the, I love Omen Two. I guess because when I saw it, I was young. I didn't see Omen Three. I didn't even know what the fuck it was because I, I always saw the, the Final Conflict. I didn't yeah. know it was the Omen Three. Well, I didn't even know when you sent us the list. You sent us the Final Conflict. I didn't know what the fuck he's talking yeah. about. Like, what the fuck? Because I'm not an Omen. That sounds fan. dumb, Steve. And it did. Yeah. That's why I didn't. And think then I'm about like, it. well, oh yeah, Omen Three. Watch the. Once in my life, so I went online again. And I was like, "Oh, let me do my refresher real quick on it." And I'm like, "Okay, I remember baby murder." They missed they missed All the boat the with murder. this one though, because like at the end of it, that ending's because bad. They're the, ending, a third the ending, movie? the ending, no, they, actually, this it's one was bad. I thought it was pretty good. The ending was fucking bullshit. It's like yeah. the ending so, of the stand. Yeah, it's movie. just like he he stabs the kid and he's like, "Ah, I fucking killed your kid. <laughs> I killed I killed Jesus." <laughs> And then he's all like, he's all like showboating, like "fuck you, a Nazarene, a Nazarene." Like, yeah, and, and then the old lady just comes up, and then like you see like fucking Jesus in like in a light form, and then there's a bunch of scripture, and they're like Jesus is coming back, and I'm like, yeah, but could you have been like Jesus is coming back, and here's the rapture, like, right. oh, like really, yeah. like really gone to that movie, and like been like, all right, so people are on fire, go to church, or you're gonna die. Like if they were wanting to get their 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 point across i'm sure that the catholic church loved this movie because it's another one that scares the fuck out of people and gets them back into the that's church. a ballsy storyline though for especially even 81 going like, hey we're gonna kill all the babies because we think they might be jesus well, right it's the complete opposite of the like, other one and he God almost did. succeeded if it wasn't for that damn housemaid yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like did the first omen really piss you off well here's what we have for you with part three I think by by now they were just like let's fuck it. This, they're gonna hate it no matter no matter what we do. They're gonna hate it. So was, was this a straight to video release? I, I thought like, I no, no, it was no. in the theater. Sam Neill did oh, a great oh, job Sam in this yeah, movie. I mean, yeah. He did a great job, man. His acting, 
carried the fucking movie. But that ending. I wonder God, how man. he feels about it now. I wonder if like if you interview Samuel Brown on Omen Three. I mean, he probably likes it because at that age when where he I didn't I didn't know him before that film. Even yeah. when I found it, I, I'd never heard of this guy. You're like, hey Sam, remember all that time you wanted to kill Jesus? <laughs> remember that? <laughs> Asshole. Remember that? Yeah, I mean, he that? saved kids from dinosaurs like five, a few years later and everything. So, okay. Yeah, so it was good. A few years. 12 years later. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two. When he was still 30. Uh, Eyes of a Stranger came out in 27. What the fuck is Eyes of a Stranger? I, I've you never. Something I, something I couldn't find online. Well, I, I didn't revisit some of these because there's, like I said, there's like, God damn, so many. Yeah, there is a lot of these. And I'm going to go back to one of my rants all the time. By physical media, because a lot of this shit doesn't even fucking exist, and the ones that were really hard to find were on fucking Tubi. Yeah. So, like, Tubi was my go-to for, and that's not even a pay-for thing. You just gotta watch fucking commercials and watch Tubi. So, once again, keep physical media alive, man, yeah. or you can't watch half this shit. It's all vanishing. Well, I've got April. And you'll never know it. <laughs> yeah, you will. I know. It. Like, we talk about it all the time. Physical oh, fucking guess what, media. Though? Guess what, though? It, it has to do with a party, because the cover of it is, sorry, your party is dead. So a bunch of teenagers get killed again. No. Oh, J- Jennifer Jason Lee though. Well, that's what's. Up. Oh, I used to love her uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. And maybe. The, maybe the we film, fucked up. Maybe we should have watched this. The one. film centers around a murderer and a rapist in Miami who stalks his victims and then calls them repeatedly before raping and killing them. So it's just Richard Ramirez. Uh, before yeah. Richard Ramirez was yeah a thing. Yeah, I mean I'm probably glad I didn't watch it. I'm not super into the rapey movies, but. Savini did all the special effects on it, so that's kind of cool. Savini was busy this year, that that year. Yes, he was. He was doing the whole, as he says, like the suitca- uh, the suitcase tour, where he just would go from town to town to town and murder people, as he as he calls it. Um, let's see. just jump to March. And I've, I mean, I, I'm to April, April, actually. You're going backwards, Steve. Yeah, you Monster can't. Club. You Monster Club. I recently watched this. It was on Shutter, and I just saw it as Vincent Price. Donald Pleasance. And, yeah. Donald Pleasance was in it, which he did. He he did two movies that year to 80, in 81. Yeah. He was almost in the third one. We'll get to that. Um, so it's a, it's an anthology movie. So Vincent Price finds this author on the street, and he's like, "Hey, I'm a vampire. Come to this club with me." And he, they start telling stories. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Um, it's one of the last anthologies before Creepshow. Kind of like this is how you do anthologies now in the '80s. Yeah, I mean, this is still like written. This was directed by the guy who did like Asylum for Amicus, and he did a lot of Hammer films like Scars of Dracula. Uh, the director did. I'm talking about, and this was still kind of like the old school anthology and i think it was just a little bit too stuffy for that crowd you know for the mtv crowd yeah well the mtv, yeah. MTV crowd is just now invented right it's so like came on, on air actually i don't even know if actually it was on the air at this point i forgot what month i think maybe it was it. august when mtv started but i'm just using it, that as a term it was tagged as a yeah vincent price donald pleasance john carradine mm-hmm. the monster club a tongue-in-cheek trilogy of terror <laughs> it's just funny if you get a chance to watch it Watch it. We won't harp on it, but we go next to the next one. So I've got the yeah the black, black cat. cat, which this was the other movie that Donald Pleasance was offered a part in. Um, originally, originally, uh, Fulci offered the part to of uh, uh, was he Professor Miles to uh, Peter Cushing. He declined to do that it. That would have been awesome. Well, he declined to do it because he's not into gore, and you know Fulci loves gore, so he he decided not to. He's like, I don't want to fucking do your movie. And then he offered it to Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasant said no. I guess he was just fucking busy with all this other shit. And then you got your... I can't remember the guy who played him. 
Oh, I forgot. But, but it's been so long since I've seen it. But I mean, this movie well, is just a Edgar Allan Poe story, basically. When you hear this cat breathing down your neck, start praying before you finish your amen. You're dead. <laughs> the black cat. Yeah, this one was only released in Italy in '81. We didn't get it until like '83, and that that happened with a, a few Italian films. Where you'll go on these lists, you'll go on different podcasts, and you'll yeah. go on different like YouTube channels, and they're like, "Oh, this is the list of '81." And I'm, I'm, I love Italian films. I'm like, that's not true. At least we yeah. didn't get the release. So I guess it is true. It did come out in 81, but no one else saw it except for Italy. Yeah, I mean, that happens with a lot of those, too, with the dubs and shit. I just liked when I just now looked up the posters, the American posters, like all this cool art of a black cat. Then you go to the poster in Italy, and it's literally just a picture of a black cat, <laughs> like screaming, and it just says the black cat, and has that same tagline I just read off. Yeah. Like Italy doesn't give a fuck. That's probably like a cat. legendary cat. That's probably the cat's probably been thrown in more movies than we. Can I count. know they're like Argento has thrown this fucking cat so many times. And we're gonna revisit that, but I definitely wanted. We're gonna do a whole Fulci episode. Uh, and that definitely will be a part of that. I'd do like a Fulci month if we cover Fulci. Yeah, like God, yeah, right. Just for my brain not to fucking fry. From, from there. Everything. From the favorite werewolf movie that came out, Howling. Not even my It's going to explode. Have you seen year. Scanners? I don't know if you've seen Scanners, but yeah. this is going to happen. Uh, He's going to make you explode. He, he does not like this movie. If Tell that, us why. If that would have, because it fucking sucks shit. Okay, this is where Derek and I, this was this was the year that he and I are going to have the showdown. Where's your house? Just up here. Yeah, here we go. Oh, I'm don't fuck it. Don't you dare throw it. t-shirt. Alex. Yeah. Oh, Dave, Dave was. So, if you're watching YouTube, Dave was wearing his Eddie Quist shirt. No tagline. It just has these like fucking reviews. Absolutely unique from some mouth breather at People magazine. Uh, one of the best werewolf movies ever made. Los Angeles magazine. So some hipster fucking dork in his mom's basement. Now, now they should, probably should have waited until the rest of the year was done because three werewolf movies come yeah, out that year. So. Four. I mean, how many movies were even out? We what are you talking about Universal's fucking werewolf bullshit. Let's read this off. Let's read how stupid this movie is. Alone in a remote cabin one dark night, a beautiful young woman hears an unearthling shriek pierce the air. Masterpiece. The eerie sound continues. (laughs) 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 So finally, unable to hear it any longer, she takes a flashlight and goes outside to investigate. Always a good idea. This great classic movie, in your movie descriptions, like, so a woman gets a flashlight and goes outside. That's when the howling begins. The sinister world of supernatural creatures stalks human prey. <laughs> the werewolf is explored in this contemporary tale of timeless terror, featuring incredible special effects. I'll fucking give it that. At least something's true on this. Great special effects. And expert direction by Joe Dante. Yeah, Joe Dante's pretty great. Gremlins, Piranha, they mention movies better than the howling. Is guaranteed to thrill everyone. Can watching. we mute his wait, mi- wait, microphone? Wait, this, la- <laughs> this last sentence guaranteed to thrill everyone watching. Uh, I'm holding this case, and I was not thrilled. So, where's the ticket to get my money back, motherfuckers? Oh, Derek. I'd rather watch fucking Full Moon High laying here right next to me. <laughs> Which it. was in another movie. Uh, the thing, if you watch, if you followed our podcast, Derek no. and I always go back and forth on the 1980 movie, movies. The Howling and American Werewolf in London. Because one's so much better than the other. Ah, I'm neutral. I love them both. Better soundtrack. I do love them both. Cooler werewolves. Better actors. See, but that, that that doesn't have merit. Like like both werewolves were awesome. But didn't have bunches. Only had one shit. Rick sequel. Baker had to leave this set <laughs> to go do American Werewolf in London. Yeah, he had to leave because he's like, oh, there's a better movie being made. No, because <laughs> he made a deal with John Landis years before to do his film, and then he left yeah, Rob Bottin. Like, so this film gave us Rob Bottin because he was like, I've got to go. I have a contract. How many people has you take over the effects? Here's how we did them. Take off. How many people has Joe Dante murdered on set? Oh man, 
Zero? Yeah, because he's a good Zero. person. So get out of my genre. <laughs> <laughs> we hate John Landis, but we love his movies. Right, I guess we'll I guess we'll move on. And I love Joe Dante. So. <laughs> Derek has gone full aggro here, but uh, it's great. I love never, this movie. If you've never seen it, you should watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Hey, a full don't be mad. Two out of three people on this episode love the fucking Howling. I don't hate it as much as say as I act like. Yeah, but, we're playing around here, but also like, nah, it sucks. I just I hate how much love it gets. Honestly, that's what makes me. Yeah, mad. and I know how much. So you're just like shut the when fuck up. When people ignore Steve. American Werewolf in London so much, and I have to hear about the fucking howling all the time. I'm oh like, wow, God, dude. Yeah. Ah. Well, let's jump on to the next one. Yeah, we're just barely going to talk about it, but it's George Romero's Night Riders, another <laughs> favorite of Derek's. Derek, you can go shit on this movie all you want, and I'll tell people why it's amazing. Well, it's got it's got carnies in it. Yeah, except dude, they're medieval carnies. It's because you're fucking dorks, and you're like, oh, they made a LARPing movie for me. <laughs> Goddamn right, I'm it's, a D and D nerd, fucking, baby. It's like a, it's LARPing with Kim Foray, Tom Savini, and Ed Harris. Yeah, great cast. <laughs> yeah, Ed, Ed Harris is just right. like very like death wish though. It's just funny if you watch it like like if that was a LARP to they never let him do that shit. They're like yeah. ride on a motorcycle as fast as you fucking can, and it's okay. You can hit him with this mace that you made. Well, originally they're punk rockers living outside the fucking system, and they don't they they live off the land. They're off the grid. They're like crust punks and 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 shining armor is what I call them on motorcycles. It's great. The only thing they it, don't do is make their own gas. I feel like Night Riders starts off strong. It really yeah. does with like the opening scene and the the battle and Tom Savini's mace. Yeah, yeah. When he's like, "That is way too hard to hit someone with," and Savini's like, "Are you a pussy? I would take it." Like, and, he's <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's how Tom Savini is in real life." So that makes yeah, total is. sense. They did a lot of people but, get hurt on this movie. But then the fact yeah. that they were like, "Let's make it two and a half hours long," and it's just oh. like, Fuck. yeah, I can agree with that. The movie was a little. It bit doesn't long. need oh. to be two and a half right, hours we're gonna, long. I've got the VHS right here in Read front the of me. It's like a fucking novel on the back of that thing. Yeah, but yeah. It's as Ed long Harris, as the movie. Gay, gay, gay Lott, uh, Gary Lottie, uh, Tom Savini, directed by George Romero. The games, the romance, Gary the spirit, Camelot is a state of mind. Shut up. <laughs> Night Riders is the story of a troop a trope of motorcyclists who are members of a traveling Renaissance fair. Yeah, whatever. They're LARPers. LARPers whatever. The thing is, hey, yeah, the back of the movie says LARPer. They didn't invent the LARPer. No, no, no. I added yet. that. I added that. But I, I love that film. You definitely, if you're a Romero fan, you're going to see everybody who's ever been in those his movies. That's true. In that film, in one way or another, it's fantastic, and and it's really about what his like spirit of how he thinks and all his films are about. So it's not a horror film, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But you check it watch, out, man! You, you should watch it once for sure, just yeah. because of yeah. the actors and the person that made it. And like to me, if it was an hour and a half movie yeah. and they kept the pace that we get at the beginning, yeah. I would have loved it. It just goes like it gets. It really that middle it segment. Slows down. Well, it gets Drags, really political because yeah, you've got gets, the cops involved. Yeah. You got Savini selling yeah. out, him taking the, his nights, and then you've got Air Harris and his nights are like staying true to form. We're really getting into this movie, I feel like but they I'm just saying. That fire for like if, an hour. You, if you have a punk rock bone in your body, you're going to love this yeah. film. Um, I'm, I have Nighthawks on there. It came out the same uh, month of its day. Like the Howling Night Rider. Nighthawks is not a horror film. It's fairly definitely an exploitation movie with uh, um, Special Stallone and fucking um, Billy D. Williams and freaking Roy Batty, who is uh, fucking Rector Howard. It's a great film. I'm just want, I wanted to put it on the list at least to tell people if you have not seen the movie Nighthawks, it's not Rambo. It's not. It's not. He's not oily up. It's a really serious kind of like crime exploitation film. It's really really graphic. Do a, do a double feature with Night Riders. You can take up your whole fucking day. God damn it. Check out Night Riders if you can. Let's move on to Cannibal Ferox, also known Boo. as Make Them Die Slowly. I just, I just got in one note. It says animal torture and then the sad face. Yes. Fuck okay. that movie. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of a thing we do in horror. If it has cannibal in it, you got to fuck up everything, right? You got to be cool. Yeah. Well, Giovanni uh, Radice, who we've talked about on this podcast before, he changed his name to John Morgan for, I think, I don't know if it was because of this movie or what, 
but uh, maybe just Americanize it. I don't know for American audience to get more jobs. But he he came out against this film after he made it. I mean, this is another fun, another one of those films, cannibal films where there is animal torture. It's yeah. fucking not fun to watch. It's real animal torture. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, you get the, the VHS make them die slowly. Yeah, that was the title, especially and, in America. And then of course you get the usual band in thirty one countries. And, <laughs> you know, okay, because you do a bunch of dumb shit. Warning: due to its shocking and violent subject matter, no one under seventeen should view this film. I like the idea that like once you're 18 it's time to watch some shit like this it's not a good movie i mean it's just it's trash film but i mean uh, if you have kids today with the internet they've seen way worse oh no so it doesn't matter and if you're I can, I man totally, it's hard i don't like watching anybody any animal get hurt tor- think, tortured or anything even I, if it has a message i think it's entertainment for teenagers right. what that is it's like really you, yeah because you don't have a soul when you're a child you know, i mean i watched so much shit like that when i was a kid you're looking up traces of death and faces of death and all that shit like I just don't think it's a real thing. I don't think people give a fuck when. Yeah. But yeah, want to see that? Like, let's kill shit. Yeah. Just but, like Cannibal Holocaust was super talked about. Dot <laughs> com or all the bullshit that people would go to and try to view like the worst shit. Just when you're a teenager, because you don't think about you think you're immortal, so you don't even realize like what life and death and shit. You sort of like Faces of Death. You watch yeah. that because you're like, oh, it's got some fucked up shit yeah, in that I've never seen. Shit. Yeah. Or you're like me. I was homeless for a little bit while during my high school years, and I didn't give a fuck about anything. I was yeah. living off whatever I could. And you do some stupid yeah. things you would never do in normal life. And some people never so grow out about it. I get, I get that angle from there's it. There's a market for snuff because there's some people never grow out of that teenage attitude because they're fucking assholes. Right. But eventually, most of us come around and go, hey, horror is great when it's not real. Yeah. But we don't want to see fucking animals die or just exploitation for the sake of exploitation. Like, Well, it has its audience, and this had its audience, and they just kept yeah. pushing these out. And it's one of those films where it's uh, we've talked about it where the title just keeps keep, getting changed i think we've even mixed it up a couple episodes ago just mentioning cannibal films and we're like is this make them die slowly or is this uh cannibal holocaust or there's so many but cannibal yeah. holocaust and this are totally different yeah but they have so many things and the number one thing that most people remember is the animal death and it's like fuck yeah yeah i just I, I couldn't i couldn't go back and rewatch it i was just like man it's just now nah, well let's it. move on to something more fun the hand i'm so pissed i can't find this movie i looked and looked and looked oh. because i was doing research i was like wait oliver stone michael Caine, yeah in the movie where he's a comic artist whose hand is I remember people. I watched it on like television as a kid. I, the, I think it's the one where he gets his hand cut off like yes. through the window, something like that. I don't I mean, know. I know it's like <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't well, get it, to it, fucking watch it, it. It's an animated like fucking cousin. You know, like the cousin. It's like a thing from the Adams family, except it's like his hand trying to find him back, and it, you know, it it, it shakes people's throats on the way. Yeah, so it's a, it's actually a love story. <laughs> it's a love story with this, the man in his hand. <laughs> man. Oh, you know that's that's the love story of the. That's century. the other Joe Diamato movie they made that year, right? Oh my god! Yeah, it is an Oliver Stone movie. It's that's, an Oliver Stone. That, that's yeah. what I was really well, weirded I'll, out people about. People forget Oliver Stone loved the genre. He loved exploitation film. The guy wrote Conan. It's he loves this kind of stuff. Uh, everyone knows from him like his his Oscar caliber films, but everyone starts somewhere. I just, I just can't, yeah. I can't remember if I've ever seen Michael Caine in a horror film. You don't remember Jaws: The Revenge? Oh shit! I don't think I want to that one out. <laughs> Dressed to Kill. The cover is just nothing. Dressed will to prepare you for the hand. Yeah. Nothing will prepare you for it. Nothing prepared me because I didn't fucking watch it. Special effects were done <laughs> by Stan Winston. Yeah. Stan Winston, this this was his year to actually break out. We'll actually touch on another movie that really fucking showcases his talents uh, next episode. But right now, let's move on to uh, let's see. Bloody Birthday? Bloody Birthday. I watched this one. Okay, good. Hit it. Oh, man. So Bloody Birthday is a movie about <laughs> three fucking kids that are all born on the same day. They're born during an eclipse. They're born during an eclipse day. on the same day, and then 10 years later, they're fucking evil. 
nothing, nothing about this movie fucking works. Like oh. so they the first the the, the I first love this piece of shit. Yeah, the first thing they do is they like they there's there's two teenagers in the woods fucking and then they get murdered. And you see little hands, little hands get them. Yeah. And uh yeah, so so what? Be, here, here, here. Let's give, Derek has my VHS. Before we go, we're going to the back I just went ahead and grabbed Steve's VHS. So first off, this tagline, if the bad seed tore you to pieces, if Halloween was your worst nightmare, then bloody birthday is a fright above all. You still got the nice little category sticker there. Yeah. And this has just like big words. The nightmare begins with the kids <laughs> next door. This is one birthday invitation you can't refuse. And it's actually kind of like a fairly long breakdown, but we'll just go with the under the spell of a solar po- <laughs> solar apocalypse egg. Eclipse. There are three women living in the same small town give birth simultaneously. The three children are angel-faced, the best of friends, and oh so innocent. But these little kids are the most lethal killers ever. And this, movie, this has the kid from Cujo and like Parker Lewis can't lose, right? I don't uh, know. He has glasses. I have not seen this the kid with the gun. So, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, so the, that's him. Yeah, that's probably him. He's Cujo's original. Like, oh, Cujo. He's like his original owner, like little boy. It's kind of funny how this movie starts because... They don't show you the kids on the first kill. For some reason, these teenagers decide to go fuck in a, like a grave, like literally, like, like go six feet under, like this grave is dug, and like, hey, let's go there. No one to see us fuck there. Yeah. And suddenly, the dude's hit with like an object <laughs> that's off screen, just hits him in the face, and he falls down. And the girl starts getting choked, and they hang her. What? But you later later find like out a, like a, it's from a, a jump, jump rope, rope or something. Yeah, they call it a skipping rope in the movie. And the next day, there's like different. the sheriff's at the school going, "Does anybody rope?" Like talking to all these kids and all these kids. Is this a Canadian like, production? <laughs> Probably. It, I was thinking of the terminology. It's Carry really on. weird because all these kids are like stone cold face, like looking at it. And you think if you haven't seen this movie before, so we're spoiling all like it's the fun of it. But you think this is going to be another mystery, right? Like who's the killer? Very jello. Like the next, the next nope. scene, they just murder the fuck out of the sheriff. Yeah, they, they, they what, what, This is how they do it. It's the little girl's dad. She, she, and they're she, not even yeah, 10 years old. Yeah, yet. They're, not, they're, not they're, they're nine, they're almost they're, 10. They're, almost they're 10. like, Hey, dad, come outside. So they set us on the steps. Which he doesn't know. trip over. It's <laughs> a goes, fucking wily yeah. coyote. Yeah. Shit. Like, no, some no, fucking Dennis Diminish shit. He didn't trip over it. And then he's like, What is it, honey? And he goes over there, and the kids are just frustrated. So they just go fucking hit him with a bat and yeah. just beat him to death. Yeah. A fucking nine year old beats a grown ass man to death. And it's it's funny because he's on his knees. Like, she has a rope, and he goes, Where did you get that rope, honey? And he bends down, and then the kid, and this kid does not look like a tough nine. He just looks nine. (laughs) Not a tough nine. Like, he swings the bat, and the sheriff goes fucking down instantly. Dude. I've played ball and like catch with my kid before. I've been hit in the head by a nine-year-old swinging a bat. It didn't knock me the fuck out. It sucked. It made me, made me have to move my mouth in that funny way. Like ah. this is a Sammy Sosa of kids. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they, they hit. He's got a Barry Bond swing. But these kids are so smart, right? Because they're like the fucking devil. They drag his body to the skateboard, and then she goes, "Mom, Daddy had an accident," and the mom doesn't come out and like this doesn't make sense because the dude. All right, so the skateboard's leaning up the steps. The dude's like uh, steps upward, and he got hit in the back of the head. So the fall makes it look like he fell like face. He fell up the steps. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she she wouldn't make a good cop, but in that town she might have made a good cop. But I did make some notes. There's a scene where the kid takes the gun to school, and the teacher's just like he he walks up behind her and he's got this fucking pistol. And the teacher sucks by the way. It's the only thing I cheered yeah. for because this bitch yeah, was teacher awful, was awful. The worst teacher but, you would ever. Find. But they were the the teacher was literally like. Don't bring that to school next. Take that home. And she thinks it's a fake gun. But you did that today, man. And also, on top of that, 
it made it weird because the scene before, like the last time you see this teacher, she's the strictest, like evilest motherfucker. She's like, everybody set up straight in your seats. And then the bell rings and she's like, that's just a signal for me to let you out. Doesn't mean I have to let you leave. And they're all just sitting there really still. And then the kids who we don't know are murderers yet are going, hey, can we not have homework on our birthday? And she's like, your birthday. So this hard ass, te- this hard ass teacher, Dead. two scenes later when a kid pulls out a gun that she thinks a replica is just calm about it and goes, hey, don't bring that again. Like, she would snatch that little motherfucker up instantly and just beat him with that gun. It's not a Catholic school. Like God was, damn. Oh, come on. She was, she's hitting a paddle <laughs> on her hand when she's talking to the kids oh, yeah, in the classroom. Like, she would have beat the fuck out of him. But instead, she goes, that's just a replica gun. Which, by the way, the kid took his replica gun and he switches it out with the sh- dead sheriff's fucking gun. And nobody notices. And nobody notices this. Because it looks exactly like a sheriff gun. So, so you know, know there's lots of there's lots of kills, but one other thing, Julie Brown is in this. Julie Which, Brown, downtown Julie Not Brown, downtown. I'm Julie just joking. Brown. The other one, <laughs> yeah. the the annoying Cleavage redhead can. from, from uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah, that she had a show on MTV, and I remember always remember the cleavage cam. She's the sister. I was a little kid. Yeah, and I was a boy. Well, she's yeah, the, she's the, the sister, girl. the peephole girl, because the one the the one the one girl lets her friends watch her sister. For for like yeah the kids a quarter are, so this group of kids it's two it's two boys and one girl and the little girl has Julie Brown as the sister and, and a dead a, father for a cop and a dead father at this point <laughs> and she's letting the little boys pay a quarter to look at the people at her sister change and her sister boys. doesn't doesn't get it and she then never, never sees it. and then like when her friend finds out about it her friend just laughs Julie Brown's friend and then tells her and they don't cover up the fucking people. They, she doesn't go like, oh yeah, little boys are looking there. I might as well cover that up. They just leave it for her to get murdered through it later. But on. that was a cool scene. That was a cool scene when she gets murdered. Because spoiler, arrow. So the little, the little, the little uh, demon girl sits there with a the bow and arrow, and Julie Brown looks down in it and fucking arrow right through her head. Yeah, yeah. it's a great right to the people. It's it's it a really good. it's a really cool scene. But these kids are uh, shitty. They're cunning. They're very cunning, they're cunning. children. I mean, the one's like a, a science genius, and it, it, it's weird. Uh, I would like this movie more if something actually happened to the fucking kids. That's the one thing that bothered me about this is, like, two of them go to jail, which you know, like, getting arrested at nine, like, they're going to be out in, like, fucking ten years. Oh, yeah. And in the 80s, yo, definitely. Yeah. Three years. And then <laughs> I burned down a video store. They took me home. Yeah, and then the little girl just gets On to accident. Live. It was she, an accident. She gets she gets to live. She's uh, relocated. Despite people saying, hey, she's a fucking murderer. She's with them. The people that, like, these two boys get arrested for trying to kill. But the little girl gets to go away. No, no, no. The, the the mother the mother takes her and they, she runs off because everybody yeah. in her family's fucking oh, yeah, dead. Her name, and it's yeah. weird because she realizes like, hey, my kid's a piece of shit. And no way, she uh, she believes that it's just the two boys. That's right. So no, she's yeah, going to take her yeah, last child everything. that's still alive and run away. And then that last scene, they're at a truck stop or something like and that. She she's like, the hey, come come on, we got to gotta get going. She's got dyed hair, and then you pans over, fucking trucker's dead under the truck. Yeah. So the movie ends with the line like, "Who's going to be a good girl for now on?" And she's like, "I'll be a." And then like pans away, and there's the dead dude under the truck. But I, I don't think a lot of people have seen Blood Birthday. It's on fucking Tubi. Watch it. Like, it's a weird killer kid movie before, like, these movies really started happening all the time. And if they would have kept it, like, really creepy and, like, had a reveal, it would have been a lot better. It's just the fact that they, second scene in the movie, they're like, oh, it's these three kids. Yeah. Like, My Bloody Valentine has, like, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, and they make it such a mystery at first because, like, there's this eclipse happens when the movie starts, right? And you hear just all this, like, 
you know, babies be, you hear all this babies being born. It like, sounds like a jar of mayonnaise to yeah. shove your fist in well, it. And that's what it sounds well, like. Well, you just hear like all the talk through the hospital, right? Oh, there's a baby. Like, ah, and dads are like, I'm leaving you. I gotta go buy cigarettes or whatever. You just hear all that <laughs> shit. But you Which you get, could do in the 80s, by the way. Yeah, but you know, it's going to have something to do with this opening scene. And then the murders happen in the graveyard. And then you have the sheriff talking to the kids. They could have just like not shown who killed the sheriff. Like have the sheriff walk outside and fucking ding him in the head with a baseball bat. That'd have been weird. Yeah, but it sort of establishes like these kids suck. They're yeah. awful. I, th- I like. I think I like it better that way because it, it makes it creates tension later. Yeah. As you watch the movie with the whole birthday party and that possibly ner- poisoning. Oh, I just want to fight those kids the whole time. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I want to fight fucking kids. I hate kids so much. Get by with all this bullshit. Like I can't even fucking flick a motherfucker. I go to jail. But this yeah. little kid's pointing guns and shit. He's talking, dude. That kid. If that kid would talk shit to me like that. Ooh, boy. <laughs> there, there, there are a couple kids in these 80s movies that I really well, want to punch. Let's we'll talk to, about we'll get to one later. No, no, no. Let's talk about one right now. We're going to go right to the beyond. Oh, the beyond. Fucking Bob. Baby. No, Bob wasn't the beyond. Bob was. Oh, Bob. that was House by the Cemetery. House by the Cemetery. We'll get to that eventually. Well, because they're all, thinking of like all those people are like they're linked in these films, of these Fulci films. It's like you have Bob, you have Ketro and Nicole. Uh, they're, they're, God, I hate all these fucking kids. The girl in this one who gets her fucking head blown off. Is beautiful. Yeah, she's beautiful. This one doesn't. It's have fucking any beautiful kids. because that fucking girl annoys the shit out of me, and it's more because of the the the, the dubbing that they do. And there's no hi. It's like no bye. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. The the Beyond came out in uh, April 29th. Yeah, and these are very vague. So like Italian movies, they don't really like to do the whole like taglines and a lot on the boxes and shit. But uh, essentially what you have here is a, a Fulci movie. Or a Fulci, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, he's quoted I, as saying that he wanted to just make a nightmare, and if you could figure it out, then you could figure it's it out. Considered, but that's something he said, I think, towards the end of his career, he was kind of like old and crabby and didn't give a fuck because he was getting interviewed. He like died in 94. His interview came out in like 92 that I read. And he just, it's a vision. If you don't yeah. understand it, that's your problem. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I like Fulci, but God, he's a crabby old bastard. The genre is Southern, Gothic, Supernatural, Horror. Lovecraft. Uh, and then it's such, this is the quickest rundown of it. It's not going to make any sense. So if you hear me read this off and you go watch the movie, you're like, I don't think that's what happened in the movie I watched. Uh, Bob's not in this movie. It's plot follows a woman <laughs> who inherits a hotel in Louisiana. Yeah, because they know what Louisiana is. It's the second like. installment that, as well, too. That was once the site of a horrific murder, yeah, and which yeah. may be a gateway to hell. It it's is the second film in Fulci's Gates, Gates of, of hell, hell, which isn't a real thing. No. Like, it's that was, not that a shit real was made up. trilogy. They just made that shit up, but it's still cool. Yeah, they're, 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 these are the ones I'm talking about. They're slightly connected. It's like the Gates of Hell, also in the City, uh, city of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and then House, House by the Cemetery with yeah. Bob. Which two, it's, Fucking it's Bob. Two movies, two Fulci movies that came out. And a lot of Hit uh, House of the Cemetery in episode two of this. Yes. A lot of these movies in like the early 2000s would come on those Walmart like 20 mo- horror movies on three DVD sets. Oh, yeah. But they'd be under like different names and shit. Like, things yeah. I'd, I'm like, what the fuck? I never, because there's so many of these movies I would watch, like Fulci and shit, that I didn't know that I already saw it because it's under a different name. Yeah. Because it's in these shitty Walmart sets. But that's, that's fun. This is one of my favorites. Um, is it? Oh, yeah. I, you didn't it, even know what was happening. No, <laughs> well, because I was ready to go to the hospital cemetery, but this one. I said something about shitty kids, and he got and I was Well, it just it's fucking sparked that goddamn voice from Bob. Oh, which is funny. We're, we're, we're going to talk about Hell, Hell Night, um, I guess episode two, but this, the beginning of this movie open screen that they use in Hell Night is the screamers on the walls. If you've ever seen Hell Night, you know what I'm talking about. It's the first fucking noise that you hear. It's like, ah! It's awful, and it goes back in time, and it shows the. Uh, like, I don't want to talk about Hell Night till we have to. No, I know. Just leave Linda Blair for. He loves Linda Blair, time. everybody. Uh, but the, the beyond, you're right. It's it's a it's just a it's it's the the best thing about it is it's how visionary it is. Yeah. 
the, to put it all together and like try to make sense that you made more sense than most people do. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Of, I mean, most, most of Fulci and Argento doesn't I was make hoping, sense. Just think about the, the scene where the guy's trying to get the plans for the, yeah. for the fucking house, and then he falls off a ladder, and then tarantulas come out of fucking yeah, nowhere so the, and just one, start eating him. Yeah, this is the one. That's that a great a, scene. What was the name of it on the Walmart disc? Seven Doors of Death. That's what it that's is. That's one of them, yeah. Yeah, so when you buy the Walmart set, it, says, it would say Seven Doors of Death, and that's what I knew it as forever. Yeah. That's the name of the hotel at the beginning of the film. That they're actually in. Yeah. It's a seven seven doors, I think. That scene you mentioned was the one like when me and my friend rented it in high school, we just like rewatched it so many times. It's so and, weird. And we were like the horror dorks. So when you brought something like that on, most of the time I'd watch, you know, whatever came out at the time. So you put in Final Destination or Butterfly Effect. Everyone, <laughs> oh God. everyone in the room would fucking watch it with you. They're like, oh, Derek's watching horror shit again. But hey, we know those guys. But then I'd always put on something like this eventually, like once every few weeks. And that's when you lose the room. Suddenly everyone's in their AOL chats and shit. Like Derek's a fucking weird motherfucker and here i am doing a horror podcast so. that's great though this is not a fun movie it's not one that the, no, fulci doesn't make uh like where you can just kick back and watch it and hang out Italians with your buddies don't like fun <clears throat> well fulci just likes to fuck with people's brains did you hear uh, joe bob's controversial statement oh no besides the ones you make every week which what? one <laughs> that uh that Amer- american movies are superior to the italian movies oh is that controversial absolutely 100 percent Hmm. It's very controversial. Yeah, he he said it on uh, what did they show him and Eli Roth? What did they? Oh, they showed House by the Stage. Oh, nice. They showed House by the Cemetery, and he was just like, "Hey, I hate to break it to you, but and when you really compare them, the U.S. movies during that time were better." And it's people kind of flip the fuck out about it. You have Italian aficionados when it comes to any kind of Italian cinema anyways yeah. but especially the horror nerds who love Italian cinema you, you I, same with like like say anime or ja, you know yeah. Japanese films or just or Korean films I, maybe we're putting more into it because we don't have to worry about the what to be the acting's bad we actually don't know because it's dubbed I do I don't think, know sorry Dave um I do think like trying to show it to a larger audience though American horror is easier to digest Mm, I don't know. I think this is more visual. I mean, who could you show the beyond to? Cause you fucking, <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's look at the American movies. Like, okay, what, what do we have back to back there? Friday the 13th Part 2 and the beyond. Somebody would say that, too, it's a popcorn film compared to something that's deeper, has more levels. Not a normal human, and is a better uh, A horror nerd, saying, a horror nerd I agree with that. both. I like, I, like, I like both. I like popcorn crap. Friday the 13th Part 2 can be considered a popcorn Horror film, top 40 is what I call I really it. think a lot of Italian. With these 40. Italian films, though, there's a lot of eyeball stuff. People don't like eyeball stuff, Steve. Well, uh, they were not, true, they're not trying true. to uh, uh, appeal to us as much as people say, like, oh, you know, trying to get a mass audience. They are, but they're still very visceral. They're still yeah. more like, let's get them in the gut. Yeah, there's I, a this lot is what's sold. This is what sells, and it does. I think they're just going for the nerds. I think they're going for the hardcore crowd, the horror nerds. I don't, I don't think they, did I don't they think exist they, at that time. Yes, sure, they did. Yes, uh, I don't think at any point you're making the Beyond thinking you're going to release it in the U.S. and make millions of dollars. You know, it's going to get released in like a grindhouse. It's not going to be maybe a drive-in or something but like that. Is that, that the be. nature of distribution at the time, or is it because they're not getting the respect that they deserve? I I'm going to go with both. Possibly both. Okay, I, just because it's an Italian film, can, it might be badly dubbed, especially back then. Now we can just get to see it all how it how it's yeah. supposed I mean, to I, look. I, I, 
I love these movies, but I don't think there's any. I don't know if it's a respect they deserve thing either because they're just not made for millions of people. Yeah. So I could say made for it's just like music too. There's tons of like great fucking music that like my music nerd friends love. Yeah. That I don't really easily digest because I'm not that big of a music nerd. But I get it. I'm like, oh man, this shit is fundamentally sound, (laughs) but it's just not my thing. And you can explain it to me all day and how complicated this fucking bass shit is, guitar shit. Right. That's cool, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I think that's what happens with these these horror movies a lot of times us as like nerds we can explain them our way and what we're seeing in them we're jizzing our pants over special effects or eyeball torture or fucking cats getting thrown because it's an italian movie <laughs> yeah. but the average person's just like well i just want to eat, eat popcorn and watch slash and watch these popcorn movies so yeah I, I think they do get the respect they deserve from the audience that respects that type of shit but they're also being released now on blu-ray yeah with all the cool. things put back in the music is put back in the voices you can you get to change yeah. channel you want to listen to you get to see it in high def i mean and now people are like my god these things are beautiful i mean what how many other genres have you're not like, going to get that from friday the 13th part seven yeah. i love part seven it's a great film it. john part carl beagler but it's not it is what it is it waits not <clears> but a if you want to take We'll get we'll get to those eventually. Yeah, I think no, it's a great I'm debate. And, I am mad now. Okay, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is next. Potato sack head, Jason. Yes, it is. Get the your greatest. eyeballs out of here. Steve Miner did a hell of a job uh, making these next two films. I think look really really good. We always joke about Sackhead, Jason. How did he get would he get on a bus to fucking find Adrian King at their apartment? We've touched on this one before, so I don't know how yeah. long we want to dwell upon it. Well, we don't it. have to dwell upon this one too long. And this is I'm, I'm trying to get away from saying this on our podcast, but this is definitely one where we're going to cover a fucking franchise anyway. Uh, but I, do, I think part two tends to be like, for the hardcore fans, one of the favorites. Love that one. Uh, yeah, it's it supposed really to take set, place set five years pace. after the first one, which I actually owns it. <laughs> like the next. Uh, Jason's full grown. He's like 32 years old. We start the loop here where it's like two, three, four, and five are all like back to back days, right? Yeah, pretty much. So it's like, yeah, because it's like next day, next day, next Jason's day. And it really a little bit older. He Jason's wakes up, yeah. He dresses like my dad. <laughs> Except <laughs> the sack on his In this one, yeah. Like a lot of my, our fathers at the time. This was the first time, and I, it's probably the first Warrington time. Warrington Gillette and Stephen Dash. Mm-hmm. I'll the, give them both credit, goddammit. Not the first time it's happened in the movie, but for me, it was the first time witnessing it was the, the cat jump scare. Which is everywhere now, you yeah. Know, forever and after that, probably before it. But for me, as a kid, Friday Thirteenth Part Two was the first time I ever was like, "Oh, the cat got me." That he definitely time. didn't watch enough Italian films. Well, I mean, I was so many movies, including Italian films, yeah. ripped off carries, including the very first of this series, and this one does as well. Hey, you maybe you guys can educate me on this real quick. I know the Prow- the Prowlers next. Well, yeah, I should wait, but we're talking no, about things. It's fine. The Prowlers still in eighty one. We'll get to it on our next episode. So the Prowler opens with the scene of like the, the people are fucking and they both get impelled on the pitchfork. They're right? very similar. Is that the mm-hmm. first time that was done, or did Jason do it first? If you're talking about who did it first, the, the pitchfork? No, no, I don't care what's going through the or the body. spear. A couple fucking having sex. That was Italian that film, was uh, Twitch of the Death and their Nerve. It's like the first they they he redid it. Steve Miner redid that scene in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Some people say he ripped it off. Some people yeah. say, oh, he didn't know. Yeah. It's the exact same. So Part Two has that a spear scene. through two, two bodies and a bed. Even the shot of the Shit. edit I didn't is know two the had same. A spear. So two. So either way, it was done before the Prowler. Yeah. Okay. Cool. He didn't. Yeah. He uses the thing. There's another film on our list, and that, it's the Burning. There's an exact same scene yeah. from. This film that's yeah. in the fucking burning with a girl under under a bed. He's with a pitchfork. Yeah. He's as a rat. as everything. It's everything. Yeah, some so, of these movies kind of connect together. And you, you, there's a you can accidentally steal ideas. I yeah. mean, and Eli Roth talked about that when on the mm-hmm. Joe Bob thing about how you know there's things he does in movies. When they were watching Mother's Day, 
he was literally came up back and he's like, oh my God, I just realized I stole that. Like there's something that happens in Mother's Day and he's like, I completely stole this scene from, from Mother's Day. Yeah. Movie. That's a normal thing that artists do whether but they want to realize it's it It's in your not. head, you know? Yeah. Like, just, you forget. You're you know? influenced. Yeah. There's shit that I will write and I'll think about and I'll go, did I hear that from someone? Oh, yeah. Or is it just Well, I mean, just the same thing with music. Like, I'll, I'll start writing something and then yeah. I'll start playing it for somebody else. And Next then, like, that sounds a little that's bit metallic like... That's Metallica's Unforgiven. I'm like, wait, let's slow it down a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah, I hear it now. Yeah, that's also yeah. Metallica's Unforgiven. Well, when I'm making my shirts and stuff, it's the same thing. I'm like, I'll have to Google, like, uh, did somebody else come up with this fucking yeah. thing? Boom. Yeah, they did. It's weird, man. Well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard as an artist to get something that's totally original, especially now in 20, yeah. you know, the year it is now. It's like the year it is now because I can't remember what 2021. You know the year it is currently. Uh, no, but it's hard to come up with something completely original. It happens in pro wrestling all the time, too. You'll get, see a great like 30-minute match, and people will go online and go, well, I've seen this before. I'm like, because there's so much content in the last 100 years, motherfucker, it's hard to do something that's totally brand new. It's just you're trying to innovate. On something that's already existed. Right. Unfortunately, sometimes with movies, you do just fucking copy. It was easier to surprise people when the life expectancy was like 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it was. Well, and also when they couldn't Google every fucking thing. Exactly. You didn't have everything at your fingertips to go. Like, if a pitchfork, that scene happens in a movie now, you go, impaled deaths in movies. You're like, oh, well, they stole it. I mean, there's a website for that. I, I thought that maybe that, like, we're talking, we're kind of jumping around towards the end of this episode. It's fine. But when... um the Prowler, which is not going to be on this episode, but like <gasps> you've got Friday the Thirteenth. It's the, I was like, was was did Tim, Tom Savini steal that scene yeah. from a movie that he didn't get to do the special effects on on purpose? But it was released later. I was I, all these things go through your head. I'm like, did he rip it off on purpose? Did Steve Miner rip off the the uh, well the spear scene from Twitch of the Death Nerve? You know what the brilliance? You don't Friday, know. That's a Bava film. It's great. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is brilliant in '81 because it's the only movie in '81 where teenagers get killed without having to go to school. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just letting Whoa. Them know. They're, they're just they're just letting them know that you're not safe anywhere. Yeah, they're like, oh, Amy Steele, summertime motherfucker. What's up, Jason Voorhees is here. This is uh, as far as this franchise is concerned, it's kind of the top uh, when it comes to acting. Uh, Amy Steele is fucking great. Amy Steele's great, and there's she's always... great in everything she does. Anyways, April Fool's Day, she's done you know other horror films that we all like, but I've always loved this the is the one. She's fucking great. Everybody in this movie, I like. I like all of the characters. And, yeah, the, the baby was annoying always fun with, uh, People, you know, always argue whether or not that dude lives at the end. Amy Stills like sidekick guy that gets. I think he gets like thrown through the fucking yeah. window, right? Now, according to the when they wrote it, they said that they were just as an homage to the first one, which is also a ripoff yeah. of Carrie. So no, he's dead supposedly. Yeah. Well, like the same thing, Adrian King, like none of that stuff happened. Jason didn't jump out of the water. Yeah, she just hallucinated. She hallucinated. And then she was killed. Right. Because it doesn't make sense because everyone wants to argue that, well, if that's true, then what did you do? Age 20 years and by five years? It doesn't work. It's it's her her hearing the story. They hear the story at the beginning of this film because it has that iconic campfire scene that we all know. I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. Yeah. That whole scene's beautiful. No, it's awesome. And yeah, that is the first time Jason Voorhees is on screen because at the end of the first one, it's a dream sequence. So yeah. there's not a real Jason in that movie. No. So the Definitely first, not real. The first Jason's the one from the second one. So someone should change their fucking band name. Yo, but, get him. <laughs> so we'll, we'll and just also go. quit sending dick pics. You yeah, piece probably of should shit. stop doing that. So the next movie, speaking of going back to school, we'll just touch on it. Graduation Graduation Day. Graduation Day. Now, this is the track team, right? Yes, it is. Do they graduate in this movie? Because I thought it was just... They didn't make it to Graduation Day, Derek. They couldn't run fast enough? What are you on the track team for? They were the worst track team ever. Yeah. This one uh, actually did really well at the theater. Most people always remember it now. Do they? Because I they remember it now because of Lenny Quigley. I haven't watched it in forever, but I thought I made a note about it once you posted it. Oh, yeah. Stars Lenny Quigley. Killer Kills High School track team. Right. 
boyfriend. Oh yeah, the boyfriend when he's pissing in the woods and gets decapitated. I always thought that's cool. It's Hold great. on, Vanna White was in this. Yeah, movie? has yeah, Vanna yeah, White? Oh, Christopher that, George. That's if you like that. Italian films, like I do, you know who Christopher George is. Yeah, that's my last note. Is Vanna White's in this? Movie. Vanna White. Um, but this is the every everyone every time yeah, I mention this film and I I liked this yeah. as a kid. And they're like, oh, then they quickly. I'm like, yeah. So as an adult, I went back and now thank you to the internet. You realize that she barely got this role. She just got it on yeah. a because the woman who originally who's actually in the film they just kind of edited her scenes out yeah. a little bit she just didn't want to get have her boobs seen when and she, Linnea was like fuck I'll do it that's not her when she dies <laughs> no it's not like the corpse at the, at the end? end that's not yeah. Linnea's body at all it's like blatantly someone that's else that's the original person who was cast yeah, yeah good one it's just, that's, there's irony in that because it's like oh no you're dead to us and now you're just well, you're going to use your corpse in this movie though this is a, just a, a, a garden variety uh, stock and slash film uh, it actually did it, it blew up I think it made like like 20 something million dollars off like Two hundred fifty thousand. Okay, yeah, you got the notes yeah. over there. Yeah, it, that's fucking awesome for a, mil- a really movie. Good. They had to go around apparently to kind of show the trailer to get the ads out. What year? So your Halloween was seventy-eight, is, right? Yeah, seventy. The original so, Halloween. So yeah. we're three years from it, and we're going like just all in on graduation day and birthday. This is the year of the slasher. Well, this is oh this, gosh, this, this is one that where they're having to pick up the slasher. Like, well, Halloween's already taken. What else can we take? Well, Birthdays, graduation. We can day, take Valentine's. graduations. You know what? What else can we? You know, this was wasn't originally. I don't think it was originally called graduation day. I think it was called something else. And they were like, "Well, let's just cash in on that too." Yeah. Smart marketing. Yeah. Oh no, it's it, fine. it is smart marketing. It's just you know, and it, you're if you look at the history of '81 so far, it's tons of like teen slasher flicks that happen at like proms and dances and yeah. shit like that. And, and we we're into May. To the second half, we're so into we're May. May. Yeah. We're into May, and something that I found, I can't. I, I lost. By the way, you all don't know, but I, I mean, you all know, but the uh, audience, I lost all my notes. But I remember one of the things I made a note of is that the, by the time May comes around, the critics were actually taking a stance against slasher films. They would no longer uh, critique press. They didn't want to have ads in newspapers. So to try to stop them from being seen, so they would stop being made. That's fucked up censorship on another level where the critics get together. They think they're so fucking high and mighty that they're going to stop and they're not going to critique your film. They're not going to go review it so it doesn't get any kind of press. They're, and this movie said, fuck you, and made $2 million on $200,000. Is, so, is that what they yeah. yeah. It was $20 million on, on, on $250,000. Yeah. So, so what you're saying, fuck you, So man. what you're saying that's is awesome. the critics made cancel culture. Yeah, this, this Right? <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you're right. I mean, that's fucked up. This tagline sucks. There are, two, <laughs> there are 200 seniors at Midville High and seven days till graduation. Graduation day. The class of 81 is running out of time. Like, <laughs> the fuck? Come on. Oh, man. So- can we get to the next one? I really want to. I really want to talk about. Talk this. about the burning. The burning. The, the burning. movie that just doesn't fuck around. And, this, and we're not referring and to the like way, a sensation you have after you. Before we get into this, this is the opposite. It made no money. This movie was a massive bomb. Well, and we all love it because we all know who made it. Yeah, that's, let Dave go on about it. Yeah, Dave hit us. So this movie. So I would. I just want to talk about. Like, that's great. The movie starts out. You. You. you Based you, on Cropsey. The. Yeah. Uh, the Cropsey. This get, is the second movie during this. During this year, that was based on Cropsey. The other one had to change its name. Go ahead. Tom Savini did the special effects. You get, you get. Uh, what, what was the guy's profession? Wait, he has a prank gone wrong. He gets burned. He's like the caretaker, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Cropsey. 
And then uh, he's just cropsy. Yeah. And then he's just, <laughs> what do you do, cropsy? He's, he's just cropsy. And the funniest thing about it is this movie's not a mystery. Like he goes to fucking he goes to a hospital, a sane asylum, and then five years later he gets out and he's like, "All right, take me to fucking Home Depot. I got to get some murder weapons." Right. And he just wears <laughs> a trench coat and a hat. Yeah, he he's just not starts, trying to hide too much. He just starts fucking murdering <laughs> people like Arnold Schwarzenegger from like uh, from Commando. Like yeah. when he goes into the shed, he's just like comes fucking, out with the blonde saw blades. Yeah. And shit. He's some hedge trimmers. <laughs> just fuck you. And he just. That's what I love about this movie. It's just it's just right off the bat. No mystery. I'm just going to murder a bunch of kids. With very weird cover. The cover looks like a, a romantic novel, but with a dude with like oh. you know, shears in the yeah, back. Yeah, find that. Yeah. It's very weird. Uh, and, of course, we have the tagline, A legend of terror is no campfire story anymore. The burning. It will take you further than fear. Whatever music, that means. Music by Rick Wakeman. Uh, it was edited by Jack Shoulder. I'm trying to remember the, my notes. Jack Shoulder, who actually directed Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, um, Harvey Weinstein, and Bob. I, I think Bob Weinstein actually helped write it. They really tried to push this film, and no, nobody went and saw it. Nobody went and saw it. Directed by uh, Tom Malum, uh, Split Second. Oh, that's right. That's a fucking great movie. If you've not seen Split Second, it's got Rutger Hauer in it. It's kind of like a slasher sci-fi, sci-fi. horror movie set in the future of, uh, of England where the whole city is going underwater slowly. And apparently nobody moves. Something's no. They just a, stay in the city. I feel like something's happened recently because that's getting a lot of like press. You got to really. Whenever something gets an official yeah. release, everyone is like, oh, I've been a fan forever, which is great. It's cool. But it's getting I recognized finally, which is really cool. Because right. I didn't, I mean, last time I even watched Split Second was at your bar. Yeah. Gore Club, you showed it. Pre-pandemic and shit, and I remember watching with friends, and people were like, "What the fuck is this?" And yeah, like, it's yeah, violent as fuck. It's violent. It's over the top, and it's actually a good fucking movie. Like, but... Kim Cattrall is in that film. Yeah, uh, yeah. but, but I gets... forgot that Tony Tony directed that. Yeah, but Tony that was did. in the nineties, so we're not. Oh yeah, talk fuck. About that uh, Splits, if you haven't seen Split Second, you should go find it. Oh, you now you can it. actually find it now. Uh, happy birthday to me, or you want to stay on the burning? No, we can talk about Happy Birthday to me. I have actually never seen this film. You've no. never seen fucking Happy Birthday to I've me? I've never seen it. I've never been able Did to you fucking... watch it. I've tried to find it. I couldn't shish find kebab. it on anything. Everyone knows about the shish kebab. I've seen the fucking cover. I've wanted to watch it, but I've never watched it. Which they it. were smart because they do, the, the guy on the front of the movie poster in every VHS copy, they've never really changed the, the, the artwork, no, is not the same guy, guy in the movie yeah, that it gets done to. You know, but he's characters yeah. in the movie. It's not the same shish kebab either. <laughs> right, yeah. But you can I tell, thought that was smart marketing, though. You can tell who he's supposed to look like, though. I mean, when, when, they, get, when they get to the scene, anyway, mm-hmm. if you've seen the cover and they get to the scene, you know, oh, yeah, this is definitely the guy. That guy's been in a lot of movies. Uh, this movie's a weird one. This is another dance thing. That's, things didn't work <laughs> out. Uh, th- in this case, it was this girl wanted to go to her friend's birthday party. Things didn't work out. A crash happened. Her mom dies. Uh, flash forward whatever many years. And then uh, Johnny Lawrence, try- the dude looks like fucking Johnny Lawrence, uh, <laughs> does that like fucking jump with his car. That's the craziest fucking scene to me because I'm like, your car would fucking explode. He gets these girls in the car and he's like, oh, it's time to play chicken. We're going to play chicken. And they drive up the fucking bridge while it's like spread apart. And he jumps it. And then the girl's like, get me the fuck out. And she just hops the fuck out. And then all the kills start happening from there because you assume it triggered something in her from the time she wrecked or whatever. Memories. That's definitely the ultimate. She wakes up. She's amnesiac. She's amnesic. Amnesiac. Amnesiac. Is that a, don't, like a, so, don't look at me. Sounds like a horror film. I don't know. I don't, it says yeah. right here. It's filmed. Again I'm looking at you, Dave, because you're sitting right here. Thanks. Uh, this is actually a movie filled with red herrings, and I think they did it really well. Because I'm always like, it's that motherfucker. It's the, that motherfucker. The ending to this movie is fucking gold. Like, I, <laughs> the, I mean, it's just like the most unexpected, fucking weird thing. But there's a lot of like cool scenes in it. Uh, there's the motor motorcycle scarf scene happens, which Pet Cemetery too. 
going back to stealing things uses that same yeah. fucking scene dude it's like shot for shot the same fucking scene picking the motorcycle up revving it and then the fucking scarf going into it for the death scene um there's a really shitty like weightlifting kill which so this dude's kill. well so i've seen in other movies but this is the first time i've seen it and i was i thought i knew it was going to happen when it happened i was like oh i was wrong yeah so they did it right so there's it's just kind of awkward how it works though because like you would roll. You could roll that off. Yeah. Like so, it's, bench it's not even a lot of weight. And once again, like they, they do the red herring <laughs> shit because you know this guy knows who's walking in the room, right? He's like, "Oh, yeah. you're here. Help me out." So he's got the person putting more weight on as he's benching, but then they end up adding like extra weight to fuck him over. So when he pulls it up, it just drops on him. It's originally like, like forty pounds. Yeah. And he's like, oh, <laughs> "I'm not help kidding." Me, help me. And it's like this bench is tiny. Like he could have either just leaned because they don't. I don't even think they show her clip it. Uh, he just leaned or just rolled it off of him and hurt his dick, you know? And he just. He, <laughs> dick, he would have probably he, been alive. He decides to die. So yeah. it's just really weird. And That was his choice. And you think. So the whole idea, though, is what, what they make you think is that this girl's going around because she lost her mom on the way to her friend's birthday party. So you Aww. think she's killing everybody. Her mom's insane. Yeah. <laughs> She's a bit crazy. You know, that happens a lot in these movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a theme in the 80s. So, yeah, so you get these flashback scenes, and it, essentially what happens is she's hanging with the cool kids now, yeah, right? She's the remembering. Kids, birthday, she's so yeah. back, and her last flashback is her mom's getting drunk, like pouring like just fucking cups of vodka, and she's like, why are you home tonight? And she's like, I wasn't invited to the party. And her mom's like, you're going to that party. And drunk as fuck, like, like puts her in the car <laughs> to this party. They get to the game. It's just like, no, bitch. Like, you're not invited. We have a gated community, so you don't even know the passcode. So get the fuck out of here. And then they wreck the fucking... Mommy wrecks the car because mommy's drinking a lot of fucking vodka. And so your mom was going to die anyway, eventually. Because that's a lot of... Dude, she's like coffee mugs. Yeah, it's bad. Vodka. And just like, yeah, yo, party. I know it's a Nightmare on Elm parties. Street. Fucking Nancy's yeah. mom vodka. It's but, fucking on, but man. But this is genuinely like a good fucking slasher. The special effects are good, and the special effects that they say the students can do is a little fucking ridiculous. Yeah, because they go in that Alfred kid's room, right? That Alfred kid looks like friggin' um, a, a friggin' Peter Jackson from yeah. Bad Taste. He looks just like him, and he's the one. So he's. A, I'm not kidding, Dave. Yeah, he's the <laughs> he's the first of like six red herrings in this fucking movie. They go in, and he has like a decapitated head on the table of her best friend, like yeah, dead friend. But it turns out he just made this sculpt that looks just like her. And it's, oh, that's not a that that's a that's a that's a. Their senior year of high school. You so walk into crazy. somebody's bedroom and they've got a replica head of one of your friends. Yeah, you, a red. You, you leave the fuck. But you I, leave or is it a red room. herring? I am not. Gonna, yeah, you do go the fuck out. I'm like, not oh, cool. going to spoil Happy Birthday to me. I will say this: just fucking watch it. And you figure. Oh, it out. nice. Because that, that's one that I wish people would watch, like without knowing. Because anything. you keep thinking you know I'll what's tell you going what, on. Before before we record the second part of this, I will go watch. It's one of my favorite. We'll watch Happy Birthday to Me. Give us and, your critique. And I'll give you my critique on the next episode. It's one of my Sweet. favorite. Uh, 81 had two of my favorite 80 slashers, which is The Prowler and Happy Birthday to Me. Yeah, great. So, but Happy Birthday to Me genuinely like is one that I think it's ending and how everything happens holds up. It doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense. It's kind of like popcorn where the person can make effects that doesn't that they're just yeah. way beyond their means. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to spoil it, but I'll just leave it there. It's like. Come what? Come yeah, on. Yeah, the special effects and shit in it that they're saying these kids can do is bananas. And it's funny because sometimes it's even better than the special effects that they actually do on the film itself. I thought but the same thing. It is what it is. Uh, next one, Glenn or Glenda? Okay, so I put Glenn and Glenda. Glenn or Glenda, May 22nd. I couldn't figure out why that was Okay, I'm going to explain this. 
it was a re-release to theaters, which is really weird for, this is Todd, I'm not Todd, I almost said Todd Browning, he would love that. Ed Wood's one of his first movies, if not his first movie, I think. Um, and it just got buried in the 50s, of course. If you know anything about Ed Wood, you should check, just watch Tim Burton's Ed Wood. You'll kind of get the whole gist yeah, of his career. I needed to put it up there and just to at least acknowledge, like, wow, somebody decided to put that movie in theaters on a wide release. And I thought that was really cool. It's also the year that Polyester came out, which you probably can't understand my handwriting now. Never read it. I've got Outland. Isn't that the one with Sean Polly- Connery? Yes, Outland is a great like Western sci-fi movie. We're not really going to talk about because it it's not horror, but I definitely say go check that movie out. But uh, I had to put Glenn or Glenda, Polyester, and then The Nesting. Those were, Nesting didn't really get a – I couldn't find a date on that. But those three movies all kind of closed out May, and then we can kind of just slide into June and July because not a whole lot of releases happen. Well, so, you don't you don't get a lot of horror in the in the summer. That's yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's uh, summertime. First, you don't want to. They tried it with quarter. the thing, and it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the summer in June they kick off with let's kill kids again. Final, Final exam. exam. Final exam. And a lot of people give this a lot of props, and then so many people are like, "Are you fucking kidding?" I think it has more to do with the uh, the 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 print that they could they found that people see now on Blu-ray and it looks awful. I tried to watch it; it was pretty bad. It's, kinda, it's a really bad copy. It's really bad. I do like the rhyme. I do like the final exam. Some may pass the test. God help the rest. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's just a dude with like a with a knife on the cover, just a silhouette. Very it looks like a basic, Scooby-Doo villain. Uh, I think it's more of a tribute, possibly <laughs> to the first Friday, the Friday yeah. 13th posters. It's definitely actually, a ripoff. Actually, I guess it would be before that, though. So maybe the Friday 13th poster. No, in the first Friday the 13th, they, 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 that one, they yeah, did all the silhouettes, the silhouettes until part yeah. four, and then that's when they did the mask. Got it. With okay. the knife going through with yeah. the blood. Yeah, it's a, a psycho killer shows up on a college campus no to way. slash up pretty co-eds and dumb jocks. Free stereotype instantly right there. Just dead. But, I mean, I get it. Final exam, basic title, basic premise. That doesn't make a shitty movie necessarily. I, a lot of people probably saw it at some point in their lives, and it's their chosen one. Yeah, it was actually a video nasty, which I thought was kind of weird because I didn't think the effects were that extreme. But I think part the, of the video nasties. Yeah, they they just kind of put it in there, like the satanic panic, like oh, this is a bad movie. Well, Happy birthday to me was one of those. Two. Oh yeah, so many on our list. I uh, we don't and, have nightmare on there. I mentioned that earlier. Oh yeah, nightmare. I forget when, when when was that released? Nightmare was eighty one. Yeah, but what did you month? Kind of we're going by month. I don't know. But Keep fuck, talking. We can I'll, I'll find it. If you want to talk about nightmare, you do it, Derek. Well, no, it's a piece of shit, but it, it exists. I mean, the, the thing is, it's like. But I love these pieces of shit. Do you like Nightmare though? No. It's like the point of view of the killer. I saw that movie because I like the the the, the box, the hands yeah. coming out, and uh, and it's actually directed by same one of the people that were on our list. And since you, all my notes decided to go fuck you, Steve, as they ha- usually do. If you're do. super high on like the video nasty stuff, and you genuinely like just seeing people murdered. October twenty third. Uh, it's oh, October. Okay. So, so yeah. So nightmare. We'll save it for then. Oh nice. We'll yeah, we will. It. Maybe you guys can go back and watch it or something and fucking puke on yourselves. Uh, let's but, move on to July then. Fuck it. We've got Escape, Escape from New York, York and yeah. Wolfen. Let's talk about. We can talk about Escape from New York a little bit. Oh, we've got to. No, it's not a horror film, but every horror film nerd knows it, loves yeah. it, or doesn't, but they should. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I mean, I'm kind of biased. I mean, I mean, it, you know, it's like the president's stuck in New New York. You Donald know, most, Pleasance. And most people would be like, eh. The other Donald Pleasance role. No, no <laughs> then that makes that makes three movies that do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, uh, yeah, you're introduced yeah. to uh, Kurt Russell's Snake Plissken. Call me Snake. A very iconic character. I know. I don't know how either. Uh, it's easy. He's, very, he's cool, man. He, he, no, he's super cool, but it's not like he had like a ton of sh- 
It's not like, like but there's we, not like a lot of ton of things with that character. But, no, but no. it's not this like how we touched on the sword and sorcery episode that we did. You're not introducing a guy and you're making him a fucking rapist. Where like, how am I supposed to enjoy this? I try to like side with this guy. He's genuinely a fucking like fuck you guy. He's the anti. He's a likable anti. He's a anti-hero. perfect anti here, yeah. and it's another Western kind of trope that John Wap- John Wapner. Who the fuck is like, Judge Wapner? <laughs> Judge Wapner. George uh, John Carpenter puts in his John films. Carpenter. Yeah, uh, it's so, like the pre nada. It's it's everything that John Carpenter loves to do, and was, he got to do it with this movie. Yeah, it's and it's so very many. ambitious for its for its. Uh, it's it's a budget. Yeah, mm-hmm. and released it. So released in eighty one. Mm-hmm. Takes place in nineteen ninety seven. Tagline Hell yeah. is is a walled maximum security prison. Breaking out is impossible. Breaking in is insane. <laughs> and that's what he Escape does. He goes in there because he has to. He goes in there because they force him. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's got a good cast, man. Lee Van Cleef, Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes, Harry Dean Stanton. I know. Love you, Derry. Love Adrian, you, Derek. Love you, Harry Dean. Adrian Barbeau, Tom Atkins. There's so many. Charles yeah, Cyphers. There's so many good actors in this. And so many. Yeah, but then Kurt Russell just he owns it. He owns this movie. Absolutely, he does. And you know, that we won't. So Isaac, that, he's the, the Duke, man, baby. He's the Duke. This movie was really good. Um, it, the character was sort of ruined by Escape from L.A., but we'll just pretend like that didn't. I don't know. I, I like going back and watching Escape from L.A., okay. I like it more now than I ever did when it came out because I wanted it to be good. And it's it's so bad and cheesy where I just love all the crap, I, like the surfboard yeah. scene and all. It's just bad. Well, this Basketball. Is where... You're trying to capture like what they did in this film with the with the wrestling ring and the really yeah. good like battle. Well, this is where our age gap comes into play because when it came out for me, I think I was like 12, and I liked Escape from L.A. initially. Sweet. And then going back in like my early 20s and watching it like back to back with Escape from New York oh, it's like God. oh no yeah because your, your brain's clouded with all that shit you think is cool when you're a kid and those commercials and all the shit that Steve you know, Buscemi yeah I mean, Pam Greer it's, it's, it's yeah. a great cast for Escape from LA but Bruce, Bruce Campbell this, this one had Bruce this, Campbell's yeah yeah Surgeon General this yeah. this, this one has oh, a lot more I mean this this has Deborah Hill still working with with him you know Nick Castle yeah. uh, Escape co- from New York yeah yeah Nick Castle co-wrote Dude Cundy it's a whole. It's yeah. his crew. Yeah, he's got his crew, and they made this movie, and it it made money. James Cameron did the uh, visual effects, the visual effects, like the over. I think I believe he did. Like he helped with the uh, when they do this the cityscape. Those like real cardboard boxes with like reflective tape. If I remember correctly, possibly. Yeah. I mean, you could be right. I don't know. Yeah, you could be right. <laughs> you could be right, man. I don't. But you could be. That sounds right. that sounds right to me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's seen Escape from L.A., so we don't really have to talk about Has it. Has everyone seen Escape from L.A.? I think they have. You I said think... Escape from L.A., though. Oh, so shit, Escape from asshole. New York. Uh, God, I'm yeah, it's tired. God, you guys are as old as me. Yeah, that's my bad time. Anyways, so we'll go on to the last movie of our list. Another We're... movie that I like more than The Howling. Wolfen is a great movie. That... Wolfen. Out of out of the three uh, werewolf movies that came out this year, this is this is the more, this is the smarter one of the, of the, of the, of the three. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is because they're they're claiming really not to really necessarily be a werewolf movie. Ebert gave it a positive review, which, and which it, means you and know. then he stated yeah. in his review that it's not a werewolf movie, and that's why he likes yeah. it. I actually uh, found my notes on this one. I'll, 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 I'll expound. Hit us okay. with some of your notes. Yeah, it's uh, it's like what did I write? It's not your basic werewolf movie. Yeah, I think Jaws with less Jaws. <laughs> Jaws with less sharks. Yeah, well, okay, I've got uh, Edward James almost looking very much like a Latino playing a Native American and a small group terrorizing New York City. Uh, Marking cars, scaring the underworld of homeless. Are they responsible for the rash of murders all over the city? Who knows? 
So the New York homicide detective Dewey Wilson, what an awful name for Albert Finney, and try to he was not good at being a is brought, <laughs> is brought nope. in to solve the crimes. He's partnered with the criminal psychologist Rebecca Niff. Which, hey, this is your buddy. This is your fucking. Anyway, it's like buddy cop movie all of a sudden, whatever. And together they uncover racism, classism, mysticism, and monsters. Oh man, tagline <laughs> for this one. They may or not end up. They may or may not end up fucking. Oh, they fuck. Oh yeah, they do. Hey, so here's the tagline. They can hear a cloud pass overhead, the rhythm of your blood. They can track you by what by yesterday's shadows. They can tear the <laughs> scream from your throat. Wolfen, there is no defense. That's great. And, and Ebert, the corners played by Gregory Hines before people knew who gave a fuck about yeah, Gregory Hines. I'm surprised they didn't tap dance in this movie. But right. Gregory Hines shows up later with a shotgun trying to like a fucking yeah. sniper rifle. Yeah, it's, what the it, fuck? It's a I like bit, that guy. It's a little bit over the top, but this is really just like a detective movie it's with a mystery. werewolves. And Roger Ebert's thing was, well, it's not really a werewolf movie because they're not necessarily werewolves. They're shapeshifters. They're not monstrous werewolves. Like they, the they, they said they get, they're Indians, and part of their culture is they get inhabited by these creatures that they can summon. The wolfen. Which is kind of true, yes, but it's still a fucking werewolf movie. Well, anyway, you put it. Yeah. You can make it smart. It's still a werewolf movie. This yeah. is definitely the one that where they just use real wolves. It's, it's, you, you have American Werewolf in London, which yeah. is like a were beast, and then you've got the Howling, which is like a biped werewolf, and then this one is just badass looking wolves they yeah. use. Edward and they Al- can like disappear and like can like tran- you know, well, transport themselves. And it was the introduction to that vision that Predator uses. That's right. You're right. So the, the They're POV. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. that that's like Predator fucking definitely takes from that. It's like, yep, we gotta use that shit. Wolfman's never gonna get the credit for it. And there's a line in it that I absolutely love from uh, Edward James Almost. Is I can swim like a fish and fuck like a bunny. Now, who, who just says that? He's a badass. To a detective. <laughs> <laughs> he's so young in this movie, too. Yeah. It's really weird when he's they're He's probably having, 30. Like, he's, like, he's kind of like, like the known town pain in the ass anyway. So the detective already has this like weird relationship with him. And it, like he climbs up to the top of his bridge to talk to him. Like, I think you're a murderer. Let me climb up here to where you can just fucking throw me off. Seems like a conversation. But it's, I don't know. I dig it. I like I liked it more than the Howling. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. This is movie. This is one of those. It's like for people like, like it was pushed more towards people who are like, oh, you know, you're you're an intelligent horror film fan. Yeah. I he I, was 33. Oh, uh, you looked it up. <laughs> he nice. Was 33 at the time. Uh, James Horner did an awesome fucking Ironside. score for it. Uh, who is it? Gary uh, Jerry Fisher, who did uh, Highlander and Exorcist Three, shot it. So it looks great. Uh, it's just one of those movies. If you have not seen The Wolf, and you should definitely check it out. Well, yeah, it's like I said, it, it got reviewed by Cisco and Ebert, and got fucking and this one. Liked, actually, Cisco hates bombed. it. Bombed. Like oh yeah, it does. That's one of my notes. It says like it did not make its fucking budget oh. back. Nope. Bummer. Because they spent a lot of money to make this one. Probably out of all the werewolf movies that year, they might have spent the most. This is also one of those movies that I had to make a note on because there is animal death, but it's it's the wolves being shot in the wild, and you're it's Tom Noonan, who most people know from like Monster Squad or Manhunter or whatever. Uh, he's Ripper in Last Action Hero, uh, and he he's like the, uh, the zoologist, and he is an expert on wolves, and he's watching these films, and he's just hating. Like, it's like start stirring emotions. He's crying. And I forgot because I left the room. And my girlfriend's like, what the fuck are you making me watch? And I was like, <laughs> I completely forgot about this scene. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's them being hunted in the wild. So it's like, fuck. So it may, it's, it's also one of those, like, nature versus human. And you're, you're rooting for the fucking monsters. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just going to go ahead and say they didn't actually kill those animals, though. Well, of course yeah, not. Yeah, they didn't no, 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 do no, no, that. No. Is and that cannibal a, for But, real? man, it looks real because I, I, I rewound it. 
and watched it myself, and I was like, oh, you're right. You're There's right. a lot of fun, like, weird, like, political undertones and shit to it. It gets, like, Heavy. really political. Classism, like, a, a fucking yeah. werewolf movie, uh, which is, once again, probably why critics like it. And it's interesting that – I was going to go to that earlier. It's interesting after what you said about critics bashing horror films that Ebert would be like, oh, this one's the one that I'll go with. You know? right. And that, that one made the least amount of money. I mean, yeah. Because you look at American Werewolf in London, $5.8 to make, $62 million is what it made. The Howling, $1.5 million to make, $17.9 Wolfen, $17 million to make, made $10.6 million. Right. Yeah, Complete but it's, opposite. Yeah, but that's, that, 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 that's got to be a genre that, that's sort worry. of in the middle. But if I'm a horror nerd, am I going to listen to fucking... Roger Ebert and the no. trailer didn't do it any favors either. It looks like an old man movie. Like it looks like my like you're a dad movie. When you see the trailer, even the name, like that sounds very like well, dad or I watched TV. the I watched the trailer and it makes me think of the changeling a bit. Yeah, I mean like good that point. Type of good movie. point. That kind of, and it is. It's kind of a highbrow film. I mean George yeah. C. Scott is you know he's in the opera. He, he it's, it's that kind of like cerebral horror film I, for the person who wears a tie to the theater. Well, I think we accept to that see the genre, horror movie that, that I like, genre is yes. more acceptable now than it was back then. I think back then. You were, look at all the shit that we've talked about. I was going to say, by the time you every, get to July, every, you're tired. Every, everything we've talked about is <laughs> I'm like, tired. Everything we've talked about is like fast play, fast paced slasher, all over the fucking place, instant action effects. It's not as focused on story for the right. most part. And then you have a movie like Wolfen in July that comes out that people are like, "That looks fucking boring." I just seen all these decapitations and all this crazy shit and the bullshit howling. That's probably what it was. They saw the howling. I knew you were going to go there. And they were like, "Werewolf movies fucking suck. Why would I go see another werewolf?" Stop shaking year. your head, Corey. Then, Corey, our producer, and the Corey's going, yeah, probably. And then by the time American Werewolf in London came around, they're like, you know what? Maybe we'll give this one a chance to redeem it, and that's why it made all that money. Fuck so really, dare. the howling, <laughs> the howling <laughs> fucked over Wolfen. Or, so or Corey loves that. Or howling. it could have been by then. There was a lot of big movies that came out that year: Raiders of the Lost Ark, Oh, Last that's right, Titans, History of the World Part One, Cannibal Run. That all came out in, in June. And you I'm sure think, Cannibal Run really fucked that over. <laughs> Cannibal Run probably did. I was going to see a werewolf movie, but I saw fucking Cannibal Run instead. I'm just saying. Like, I'm going to go with the summer play. There was, it's Scream like would have did great if Dr. Doolittle Yeah, I mean, out. well, I mean, all right, so. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Arthur, Arthur actually came out that month, and Arthur was a big movie in 81. Well, we're going to finish oh. this episode. Before, before we do that, oh, no, no, I've, I'm got, just I've got to mention because one thing. I gotta mention one After thing. After the summer slump, I was gonna get to it. that. That <laughs> this fucking lights back up, man. Yeah. It, do, it does because there were a lot of movies that came out before this, but the goriest mainstream movie of the year was fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark. If because you think of the about face it, melting, the fucking face. They they didn't cut away his fucking face melts, and it's perfectly fine. Raiders of the Lost Ark is cool. As but far like, as big budget, yeah, I, I will still say the Beyond with the acid scene. Well, no, I'm just well in in American theaters. In American oh, yeah, yeah, theaters, yeah, yeah. that was that was the grossest. It got us PG thirteen. Yeah, it was one of those. It definitely was. I think that's what caused it, right? Wasn't that the, wasn't that the, we discussed this on, on the PG-13 episode, and I, now I just I'm can't almost remember. certain it was this movie that Spielberg yeah. was like, I need people to be able to see this. Temple of Doom. Uh, I think it was a temp, temp, uh, Temple of Doom, but I, well, I can't remember. Maybe. We're actually going to go back and watch our own Standards episode. Standards is more violent, though. I thought like that head explosion is way For worse. a low-budget film that wasn't yeah. didn't get nearly the release that... I'm saying more people saw... 
people's faces well, melt. Yeah, and it was sure, they were perfectly right. fine. Oh, absolutely. It. It's like whenever I took my daughter to see Lost World, the Spielberg movie, and I was like, I made a mistake because she went running up the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a really dark it, sequel. It's all about how, it's all about how you <laughs> this market it. This is the Empire it. Strikes Back of the Jurassic Park movies. It's always how you market it. That's how Disney always gets by with having adult situations speaking, and kids' movies. Well, speaking of marketing, The Howling was more marketed as a slasher film. If you watch the original yeah. trailers, it doesn't talk about movie it doesn't talk about werewolves it, besides the howling you see it like the title at the end it's like in this city yeah. you know it's like a slasher well, even the, even the cover of it like i mean if you look at this movie which you can't see it unless you're like watching us on youtube right now but the movie looks like a slasher it's got like the freddy thing going with like the claws going yeah. through whatever and the screaming face and then all the other bullshit that happens in this <laughs> all amazing. this other bullshit. All this amazing film. This That's FBI fucking... warning saying you might want to kill yourself if you watch this movie. He'll get to jizz all over American World for London on our next episode. Yeah. Which we're going to have to wrap this up, guys. This has been a long episode, and we are not done. We are going to do 1980 there. Part 2. On can, can I ask you one thing before we go? Oh, God. Favorite movie from the first half of 1981. Every week, I think, I got this, and I forget, and then you hit me with a goddamn question. Come on. Go, Derek. <laughs> Why would I go first? I Derek's, go is the, Derek's is Fun House. The Fun House. Uh, I'm going to go with The Howling because everyone knows how much I love that movie, and Derek loves it just as much as I do. He's just sad. He's just sad. He, he, he doesn't want to admit it. Uh, the fan, Fun House is a great, you know, what a fucking list of movies to choose from. But yeah, The Howling always comes months, out. Yeah. And I'm going to say Night Riders, but I know it's not a horror film, but on this list. It was one of those movies that I really loved. And when yeah. I saw it, I'm like, that's fucking me. I'm Ed Harris yeah. and my friends who suck are Tom Savini. I got you, man. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say out of all of the ones from the first half, I don't know, I'm probably going to go with The Howling as well. But You're wearing an Eddie just, Quist shirt. Yeah, Thank just, you, Dave. I quit. <laughs> just to be different. Next I'm, episode will just be me and Dave. <laughs> just, uh, just to be different, I'll say Escape from New York. That's a good one, man. That's I, not a horror film. Cheating, I don't give a fuck. But that's fair. That's a second I'm not, pick. I'm not going to say Escape from New York because I'm not a dirty cheater that likes the howling and loves Escape from New York. But I am going to go with Happy Birthday to me. Good uh, one. It's, it's, it's actually between that and Funhouse is up there for me just because that creeped me out when I was young. But I, like I said, I think Happy Birthday to me is like the perfect slasher. So. I'll watch it and report back. Yeah, you'll probably fucking oh, hate it. I can't it. wait to hear like, your review. I like the howling so much, but I don't like happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we're done, guys. Thank you. If you are watching us on YouTube, please like, subscribe. Yeah. Uh, follow us. We're, we're making new content. Uh, Derek just started a Twitch. We're gonna, I'm going to start doing interviews with artists uh, on a separate thing. It's going to be called the Gore Club Podcast with Benefits. Dave, you want to get us out of here while you're having a start? Uh, you can find us on Anchor FM, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Is that on there twice? CastBox, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook. Uh, we're in 21 countries now? Yeah. Yeah, 21 countries. Weird. Uh, yes. Yeah, we are. Paraguay. No, it was Netherlands. Yeah. Netherlands is new. Oh, no. Yeah, I got I got all South oh, wait, Africa, Brazil, Paraguay, it's Netherlands, Japan. Singapore, Mexico, we're Spain, in, Japan. Hey, Derek's we're, just changing his VPN every day. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> Chile, in all, we're in all the uh, We're Germany. in all the countries that Cannibal Ferox was banned from. Ireland, Belgium, Puerto Rico, Let's see if we Russia. Can do it we're out of here, Hey, guys. we're out of here. See you later. <laughs> Thank you.